on the, the uh, stereo comes the, the Longest Johns that I've talked to you about, one of my new favorite jams. They do sea shanties. And so for no particular reason other than this thing we can do, my son and I start cavorting on the deck and singing one of our favorite sea shanties that's on. And the next thing I know, up on one of the condos, there are these two people on their balcony and three people next to the, on the next balcony applauding, cheering, and singing along. <laughs> Damn, the Bristol nice. Ambush Singing Society, Society. lives again. <laughs> this wow. Is this is what I'm saying. We're not ready, so why should you be? Welcome to Nerdburger, episode 394. It's a podcast. With three guys who will die one day, and hopefully have unlimited shenanigans at their funerals. I'm Mike. I'm Craig, and unlimited is the right word. <laughs> um, that'd, that'd be fine. <laughs> we just had a lovely conversation about funerals. That was at times not lovely, but still funny. <laughs> And I remarked. And no one gets to hear about I, it. I remarked about this in the third person, like you know, speaking as someone else. I'm going to say it as myself. Like, um, yeah, like when 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 I go, if if everybody gets hammered and there is drunken shenanigans, that's great. I have no problem with that. Take pictures of that, <laughs> or video. Whoever my legacy, whoever my legacy person is for my Facebook page, can yeah. put that stuff up there. <laughs> Yeah, I've decided that if uh, if for some reason um, cremation is outlawed or not not possible, and I have to be uh, uh, embalmed and put in a in a casket, I want my pallbearers uh, falling down drunk by the time they have to carry me to the grave, and mm-hmm. uh, and and one of and they have to at least one side has to be more drunk than the other, so that they they uh, drop the casket and I roll out, and they have to push me back in. You could have like a funny with note somebody on your taking back. video. You could have a funny note on your back too, because nobody would nobody would have seen that when you were lying in that casket. That'd be your last joke. Anyway, who's our guest today? Let's in the see year if we can of get our Lord, Lord. fifteen hundred and six. We set sail from the cold bay. Welcome back, Jim. Good morning. If, you sure that if they don't get drunk, they won't just turn in a circle like a guy rowing on only one side of the canoe? As long as there's video. They can do that before and or after they dump me out. Sure. But yeah, that you has could, to happen too. Thank you. you Good you point. You could become a meme. You know that, that video meme of the uh, of the African wedding with the, the coffin being held up on the shoulders and, the, and the, the, the bearers of the coffin are kind of kind of doing this in-step dance yep. thing as they go. And it's kind of munching up and down. Like you could have that. It could be like you're... Your surviving friends and family members just going in a circle, <laughs> not being able to find the exit. The meme funeral, kind of like a Jim and Pam's meme wedding thing they had with the dancing. <clears throat> yeah, sure. So you used you used a term that I want to know if that exists. Your legacy person is that is that is that like your porn buddy? <laughs> no, like Facebook has a thing because you can die and still have a Facebook page, and somebody yeah. else can come in there and like you know wrap that up for you produce the proper papers to, and do, is that someone i have to designate you don't have to do anything jim no but is that is that somewhere except in die. facebook can i find this in <laughs> facebook is this a thing 
Um, is that buried deep I, in the setting somewhere? I, I don't know. You'd have to go digging for it. I don't know. <laughs> like I said, because now I'm interested. Okay, I'm going to have to check this out. Very good. We'll do. I don't know if that's what it's called, but there's, isn't there, am I, am I, am I incorrect in this, Mike? There's, well, I know that that, that like used to be a problem that. that they didn't have that and, and people complained. And so it, it would seem that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if now there is oh, a mechanism. If only. Yeah, let's see if two things. things. Do we need, do we need three people Googling or can I just sit back and watch you two? With a <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of which, I'm watching Jim. They, I can see Jim. You can. Jim got a webcam. I did. <laughs> I am now seeing... I knew what Jim looked like before, and I had heard Jim's voice, but I had not had those two things together in the same place before. It's wonderful. I went out and I found one. Your legacy contact is someone you choose to look after your account if it's memorialized. They have to like basically prove that you're dead, so, you know... You're going to be George Costanza showing up with that <laughs> death, death certificate at the airport yes. to get the discount. Um, and Facebook will memorialize it. They will put the word remembering next to your name or uh, on your profile. Friends will still be able to share memories on the memorialized timeline. You know, they have, they have a whole little thing in place for it. And there's a legacy contact who can come in. and. Hmm. All right. Good note. Somebody, somebody can do... The, the, the legacy contact can, oh, good Lord, here's one, can accept, you can't log into the account. They won't let somebody log into a account, but they'll give you certain permissions. And they'll let you accept friend requests on behalf of the memorialized account in a tribute post. There's, there's certain things you can do. And it's in the settings. Neat. Very good then. With, triv- yeah. with, with Twitter, I assume, I assume you just disappear. Well, it's because it, it is interesting and, and we're seeing it happen. I see people that I know it's that, that there are someone older than me, some are my age, but we, we do see people pass away on Facebook and then somebody jumps on and say, Hey, this is Joanne, Steve's wife. And he passed away. Thanks for all your thoughts. And they have little memorial things. And that's, that's very cool. It's very cool. The, uh, but yeah. And then it's, what's really weird is you find out after the fact, several years later that somebody's died in their Facebook page is still up. It is kind of like, you know, finding a book of their photographs lying about, and you kind of flip through it. So, yeah, no, no, we're, we're d- despite the changes in technology, we're continuing to pass through the phases of life as we always have. So. <laughs> yeah, just everything adapts to how that works. I watched a documentary on the rise of Netflix and the death, the death of Blockbuster, and like that was a great example of just like, well, you know, stuff changes. Blockbuster was on top of the world, not so much anymore. Uh, <laughs> People will continue Correct. to die, and social media, you know, is a is this presence that can live on, just like you said, like photographs, and friends and family memories, and other stuff that you, the other things that you leave behind. So now I'm, but now I have to ask, and you didn't answer my question, even though you responded to my tweet. You did not answer my question. This is what? No, no, you 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 dipped your toe in this, and I'm demanding an answer. The, uh, have you ever, ha- I don't even know where it is. Have you, were you ever at Sneezers to have the big boy plate? No, I was not. Okay. Cause you're from that area. Okay. And for the I record, think, I, I assume for the record, I am answering this out of our, uh, respect for our friendship. You don't get to demand a damn thing of me on social media. I owe you, I owe you and everyone else on social media precisely dick. 
I assert my demands. I assert them. The uh, what I am referring I have to. Not. What I am referring to is uh, the one of my favorite Twitter accounts, Super Seventy Sports, which everyone should follow. Uh, posted a picture of Vince Lombardi having, I think, breakfast because I've studied this photo carefully at a place that is evidently called Sneezers, <laughs> and he. It is advertised in big letters right about, you know, and Vince is there and he's got his sport coat on because, of course, Vince and his, I love the fact that, you know, he's having breakfast, but his tie is knotted to the top crisply and he's got just this little bit, I think he's having yogurt. I think he's having yogurt, which is surprising. Maybe a little bowl of cereal. <laughs> got to keep but, regular, mister. Got to keep regular. Well, <laughs> you know, the, um, and he's all sipping his coffee, but right above his head is this photograph of, sneezers big boy plate which i want one i want to have a sneezers big boy plate and it appears to have a hamburger bacon and soup i don't think sneezers is a very good name for a restaurant but i think i think that's wonderful two patties choice fresh ground beef on a toasted bun melted something cheese can't read it lettuce tomato onion mayonnaise something Something, <laughs> something. Coleslaw. <laughs> Coleslaw, maybe. It's just a big giant hamburger, is what it is. With okay, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm fries not gonna have you dis- I will not have you disrespect sneezers in my company. I will not. It's the famous sneezers hamburger, made of our choice fresh ground beef on a toasted bun, garnished with your choice of mustard, catsup, and onions. Twenty-five cents. Get it for twenty five cents. Now we're talking. Huh. <laughs> well, the sign says eighty eighty five cents. Well, the big boy plate is eighty five. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, over yeah, here yeah. On, on the right. Oh, the burgers. Okay. I'm sorry. And a double sneezers burger is forty cents. Like a double sneezer, please. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, that's the best ever. Uh, I just want to know where sneezers was. I can also have. I can also have a fry. They have a. They also apparently have a cube steak. I'm sure that was great. Oh yeah, but then over on the every, right, every every burger joint does a great steak. Yeah, right, right. That's the famous Dwayne Gay story from Bob and Brian about the guy that wanted a strip steak at the, the greasy spoon he was eating at. Sir, you are at a truck stop at the uh, <laughs> Highlands Cheese Food. I used to, that's that sign was how wanna, I knew. Wanna... No, because we lived in I li- I grew up in Racine off right off of uh, Washington Avenue, which is Highway Twenty, which is that exit. It's the yes. main exit to Racine, exit 333 on I-94. And um, mm-hmm. we would, uh, like every two or three weeks, we would drive down to Joliet to visit my mom's parents. And uh, and on the way back, it would be nighttime. It would be dark usually. And I would know when we were almost home because I would see that sign. Highlands Cheese Food with not all the letters operating. Nice. Usually Iglands He's Vod. <laughs> right. I haven't <laughs> listened to that. I haven't listened to that bit in forever, but I can quote it. Mm-hmm. Sir, you are at a truck stop, stop. sir. You want a bacon cheese California burger? <laughs> I will make one that you will write home about. Melt in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Such why a would you order? Day. Why would you order a steak? Whatever possessed you to order a steak? Yeah, the, yeah. go to the Sizzler. Yeah. <laughs> he has Our to munch. Our head chef just left there. Just left for there, yeah. He has to microwave the frozen steak because... <laughs> well, no, no one when said... he orders the steak, he looks around and can't find it. 
and he discovers it's in a block of ice in the freezer. Yeah, no one ever ordered it. <laughs> so he throws it in the deep fryer, bubbles yes. that up for a while. Well, no, he put it, it put it in the microwave first, and it turned it all gray and disgusting. So then he, yeah. he puts it in the deep fryer to make it look better and melt melts you, butter on top of it. So there that you it go. So that it's not dry. I yeah. made it juicy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it was. Yeah. The guy sends oh. it back. This is a little dry. So I melted a wad of butter on top of it, sent it back out. The waitress Sir, says he thinks yeah. this is the same steak. He wants it you to make him a new one. Steak. I made it juicy. <laughs> Did you tell that gentleman? If I make him a new steak, order, it's going to be exactly like this steak, one. It's going to taste exactly the same as the steak he's got. Anyway, <laughs> but, but before we leave Sneezers, my new favorite place on the planet, I wish to observe that over on the right, they offered you fresh, healthful butter buttermilk. Milk. Oh boy, Fairmont brand. Fairmont. <laughs> Fairmont, mister. That fresh, wholesome buttermilk. The other thing I can't figure out, what's with the little baskets in front of every diner? Are those egg cups? The little blue things. Uh, I'm looking at a black and white photo. Okay, mine's in color. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, and it's there's those little cups, and Mike? everybody's got one, and I can't figure out what they are, because I can see the sugar, I see the salt and pepper. I like the fact that milk appears to come in a paper cup. Oh, yeah, okay. I see what you're talking about. I yeah. have no idea what that is. I'm wondering if those are an egg cup for if you have a poached egg, maybe. I don't know. So, yeah, sneezers made me happy. And the fact that it's Vince Lombardi only makes it, you know, 30 times, 40 times better. Yeah, I guess it's an egg cup. They put a little paper cup in there. It makes it look fancy. That's what I'm... That's, see, that's... <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Is it we can throw the paper cup away and we don't have to wash the, yeah. right. well, the, nice the, the thing with the stem. They got the nice hand wash thing right behind the counter. I like that. Sanitary. Ah, sneezers. Very good. <clears throat> Hello. Good morning. How are you, gentlemen? Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you. I am good. I have a Kickstarter that is funded and rolling along. You do did you were a first day fund, were you not? I was. I was I was a two hour fund. Who's our? Who's our? Um, yeah, funded first day, hit a stretch goal, hit two. Well, we've hit two stretch goals. We're in number three. It's now nice and slow. Um, I don't get me wrong. I am happy that it's funded. I think it's going the, the I, I expect it to get where it needs to get, but I'm a little bit like, but this is a fantasy game and should have done better. Mm. Like it's, it's just, it's the genre that appeals more. The fantasy is by far the more popular, um, the most popular of the uh, RPG genres. Far and away. Well, maybe that's um, changing now. And maybe you're, you're partly responsible for that. <laughs> well, I think wow. you know, it, it, it certainly is still kind of a niche game, you know, cause it's a very specific type of fantasy game. It trades on nostalgia and it's, um, it's, I, 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 I'm never going to make a middle of the road, like typical swords and sorcery, high magic kind of thing. There's 50 of those games. You don't need my version. Um, but I find myself in a, a unique position of kind of reflecting quite a bit on what's been happening with the last few Kickstarters. And there may be changes to kind of how I approach the whole Nerdburger games thing. I might be doing some things a little differently, trying to keep my costs, um, a little more reasonable, doing more stuff myself, maybe, um, now that you know, Photoshop. as much of it, not farming as much of it out, <laughs> You know, there's there's a lot of things that I could potentially do. So I'm examining a lot of op 
options because a little bit of like behind the scenes, like I don't make a ton of money off of the game stuff, but I have like, I have a relatively regular income that I can count on. I can expect about this many dollars per month. Um, hello, train. <laughs> <laughs> you can um, also expect to hear the train every 30 minutes. I, I would like to do two things with my games. I would like to make fun games that and enjoyable games that people play and that I can get out there to people and make into real games. And I would like to make some money off of it because I've not, I've done okay with papers did very, very well, but the supplements were kind of, you know, they, uh, they, 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 they broke even plus a little, you know, they did okay. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think that there's going to be some adjustment in how I approach some things. So I've been thinking Ooh. a lot about that. I don't know what that means just yet, but I'm exploring options. That said, the Kickstarter is rocking along. We're going to, I'm confident we'll get to enough people to warrant doing a small print run. People will get a really nice um, print run book. And I'll have a really cool book that I can sell at conventions eventually. <laughs> and that game is Buenas Manos Fuertes, Good Strong Hands. Or when good translated, Good Strong Hands, Good Strong Hands. Good strong hands. Good strong hands, good strong hands. So uh, on, on the issue of, do you believe that fantasy has always been the most popular? Because I, I would certainly say, well, for one thing, it was the only RPG once upon a time. And then uh, it branched out into many other things. Has it, has it ever been the case that they weren't the most popular? Well, what do you mean? Like pick a quarter of, you know, pick a, pick a financial quarter of a year where fantasy wasn't the most popular. No, I, I just or, think or a year up. where it wasn't. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Um, pick, pick a few different times, probably in the initial world of darkness, vampire run. Ah, okay. Okay. Vampire happened. Um, before third edition D and D happened when second edition was tanking. Okay. Yeah. I, I virtually guarantee you that vampire owned <laughs> like a, a a large share for a period of time okay. um where else we've i don't know when else you know we've had stuff like that that's done that well but vampire was like you know the world when the world of darkness in that first that first run the first several years that was huge so it may very well have supplanted fantasy okay um and at the time we had D D and we had a handful of other fantasy games but we didn't have D D in its current incarnation and we didn't have pathfinder alongside of it and then we didn't have like a handful of other kind of big names like Shadow of the Demon Lord and uh, um, the Numenera. Well, Numenera is kind of it's science fiction fantasy, but like there's there's a number of other fantasy games out there that are pretty good size. So there's there's just a lot more now, you know. But I think that World of Darkness was yeah, I think it probably was pretty big, numbers wise for a while. Okay, true, and that's certainly not high fantasy, so. So, hooray! Well, I was going to say, nonetheless, hooray for adjusting to the market. But the Kickstarter is doing well, so <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to sound like I'm down on the Kickstarter. It's going along. We're going to get there. Um, I just think I need to learn how to do some other things too. Mm. Not stress myself out so much on trying to make the money back. You know, be able to have a, a smaller goal, be able to have less money to recoup, and be able to just enjoy the success, whatever it may be, and not be like, but I. I'm barely breaking even. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and I, I imagine, and this is just a this is an outsider's perspective, to be sure, but it's 
it's such a, now a more diffuse community. Yes, there is D&D and yes, there is Pathfinder, but there are so many RPGs out there um, yep. through so many different channels and medium and shoot. Some of them are being given away for free. So I'm not, saying they're, any, I'm not saying they're any good, but you know. Yeah, well, I, have to st- I ha- also have to stop worrying and hoping that like, okay, now this is going to be the one that's going to get, like it's going to break through. It's going to get really big. Like I'm going to get a thousand backers or whatever. I have to not let that mindset dominate me and just be like, okay, I keep it tight, keep it small, make the thing. If it does blow up, that's great. If it doesn't, actually, I, I still I still make some money off of it. Because <laughs> um, you never really know how the tail is going to play out. Once it's out for sale, is it going to sell much after the Kickstarter? And, you know, to be honest, I've taken a hit this year with conventions. I was going to be at multiple big conventions oh, yeah, with yeah. a bunch of books. Like, I am, I am out thousands of dollars in expected revenue. Like in January, I was like, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> and in March, I was like, I'm not going to make money. Because things started getting canceled and I saw it coming. And I was like, sure enough, I've got 300 books sitting in a warehouse and I've sold 20 instead of 120. Yeah. Yeah. Those impulse buys at conventions are nice. Well, and it's also exposure yeah. too. Well, you, you, get, you, get your, you get the game in people's heads. You get the, the cover in front of people. Um, there's certainly impulse buys. There's certain, I mean, there's just, you know, people go, people go to a big convention with like, I've got $500 burning yeah. in my pocket. That's what I'm spending my money on. Mm-hmm. And, my and they're sad. And they're sad if they don't come back with a nice trunk full or bag full of new cool stuff they can try. They want to show off. They want to lay it all out on their bed or their dining room table and take the photo and put it up on Twitter and like, here's my haul. Yep. 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 I haven't seen those photos this year. I know there are no. a lot of people that are really sad about that. Yeah, no, I, it, you, as you know, my field is more towards the war games and they don't have the scope or scale that the, the RPGs and the, and the hobby board games do, but it's the same story. I've got a, a guy that I know and have worked with who does one of the premier Napoleonic military simulation games out there. And his whole approach and the way he made such success was setting up these lovely games with uh, railroad railroad quality terrain and saying, hey, come on by, try my game. And he'd put it in the hands and he makes the miniatures for it. He makes the terrain stuff for it. He sells the rules, he sells the supplements and he can't do any of that. You know, it's, it's, it's tough, it's indubitably tough. Must adjust to market, must adjust to market. Anyway. Okay. Um, so we so, can we can roll on. I'm done yapping about that. Well, but I wanted to. I want. Is this the place? Is this the place where I get to be mad at Hasbro? Is this it, or should we do that later? Um. Well, Mike, let's uh, let let's let Mike say, <laughs> say. Do you want to listen to us bitch about Hasbro for five minutes now or later? Now's fine. Okay, go. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Hasbro. That's my gym. We wind it. Freaking freaking Hasbro. This is the company, for those who don't know, that owns Avalon Hill, okay? What's Avalon Hill? The premier war game brand other than SPI from my childhood. They just bought it up in one of the various permutations of things like that. They, and, and they forever, and they just make me so mad because they came out just a bunch of years ago. They keep slapping the Avalon Hill label on dumb games. Like the Scooby-Doo version of Betrayal of House on the House on the Hill as presented by Avalon Hill. 
what? What? And I've said on another podcast where I appear with war gamers, why do they think that the people who want to buy Betrayal on the House on the Hill want, want Avalon Hill? Is it because it has hill in the name? <laughs> Is that why? It might or be that simple. Or do you think simple. we're all just so medicated, senile, and pooping our own pants that we go, Avalon Hill, I remember when that was good. I like Avalon Hill. Because Avalon Hill gave us Gettysburg, Waterloo, Squad Leader, Panzer Blitz, Panzer Leader. What does any of that have to do with Fred, Velma, Daphne, and Scoob? <laughs> what the heck? We all know that, well, so they, they do that kind of garbage. A long time ago, it seems, there was this game called Hero Quest. Okay? And Hero Quest came out after the first wave of D&D. In fact, it was a response to the first wave of D&D. When suddenly people started to notice, hey, these little teenage kids have a little bit of their mom's money to spend, and they might want to spend it on fantasy games. And there was a bunch of us nerds getting stuffed into lockers and what all that, you know, we had first edition, right? We were playing our D&D books. Some of us were um, playing the sci-fi variants and top secret and stuff like that. But we were all playing these books from TSR. Well, over in, oh, wow, that was a fun voice, correct? Over in <laughs> England, there was a company by the name of Games Workshop, now known best for 40K and some of these other things, that were doing their fantasy rules. Well, they got together with Milton Bradley and put out a game called Hero Quest. And I have, from the day I first played it, called it Dungeons and Dragons for the slightly less intellectually developed. It, it'll, it allows you to move. Well, there's another word I'd use, but that word isn't appropriate. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use that word. Um, and you move plastic pieces around. It's a simplified dungeon, simplified tiles. It looked, at its time, it looked cool. And people bought this thing like bananas. Now, I missed it completely. I played it because friends had it. And what annoyed me was, hey, Jim, we got a game that's just like D&D. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it isn't. Dungeons & Dragons is a cooperative experience of storytelling. This is moving pieces around and essentially a roll and move game. It's not a good game, much less a D&D &D clone. Just, uh, ah. But because, and Milton Bradley did put out another game that's much better called Battlemasters at the same time as part of that partnership. I could say much about Battlemasters. But Hero Quest then falls out of print and has been out of print for, I'm guessing, 20 years. Yeah. And it has become legend. Well, it, it is. The, the, the older crowd is... In they are nostalgic, but certainly nostalgic for it. It's like, oh, remember Battle? Uh, remember Hero Quest? Quest. I remember Hero Quest. Yes. Remember? And sure, I'm sure it was a bunch of guys sitting around in their parents' basement and moving the pieces around. Remember what a blast it was? Whatever. And of course, rarity plays a part. There were a couple expansions for it. One of these expansions was going for hundreds of dollars. You just couldn't get it. There's a limited run, etc. And, and there was all this talk over the years of, hey, uh, will they ever bring back Hero Quest? Couldn't somebody bring back Hero Quest? Who owns the rights to Hero Quest? And I, I've said consistently, who cares? Forget about Dungeons and Dragons, which is the better game anyway. There are better games that do what this does. D 
Descent is probably the best of the breed. But there are other games. If you want to move around toy toy fellas and have Dutch, you know, Gloomhaven for God's sakes, which I do love. I think Gloomhaven is wonderful. You know, you've got much better games doing this. Who cares? Let it go. And then tabletop simulator hits. And on tabletop simulator, you can get elaborate. I mean, people have put in time elaborate setups for complete hero quest. It's crazy. And I've got it and I've poked at it. I'm still 20 years on, not interested. So fast forward to <clears throat> when did your Kickstarter go live, Craig? Oh, on the 22nd of September. The 22nd of September. And I'm sitting in my, I'm, I'm at my office at my stand-in desk. And a tweet comes across my feed that says, dude, this is for real. It's Hero Quest. Sure it is. And I, well, that's what I thought. <laughs> I said, oh God, somebody's, somebody's hustling some nonsense that's not hero quest somebody's there. slapping that avalon hill sticker on something again yeah, right they're gonna slap avalon hill <laughs> on, on on another copy of scatter gories um <laughs> yeah exactly and all of a sudden i go okay well let's see who is against whom is is um uh, bu- 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 hasbro going to have to issue a cease and desist this time so i click on it and I realized, oh my God, not only is it legitimate, not only is it hero quest for realsies, not only have these dirty, dirty bastards slapped Avalon Hill on hero quest. Really? Yes. <laughs> I am so, I was, I was just, I, <laughs> It's it's the logo. Now they've got this cheesy new logo, and it, it's I get it. And you know what? And you know what? Anybody could tell me, and it would be inaccurate. Jim, let it go. It's their it's their brand. They can do what they want. I do. But you know what? If you ask me, if you ask me, if you say it near me, I'm going to say it. You suck. Stop doing it. You know, make your own brand. I don't even know what you think you get out of this. But so not only is it Hero Quest. Not only is it with the Avalon Hill imprimatur stamped right on it at the upper right of the box, I'm looking at it, making myself angry. <laughs> but they didn't announce, hey, dudes, remember your childhood when you had hope, when there were still prospects that your life would turn out sweet and you played Hero Quest on the floor of your mom's basement? Well, we are doing it again. Here's Hero Quest. They didn't do that. If they did that, I would have shrugged my shoulder, been mad about the Avalon Hill thing, and moved on. No, 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 no. Hasbro, one of the world's biggest players in toys, not close, is having their equivalent of a Kickstarter for this thing. It's a crowdfunding. They're having their spiritual, their crowdfunding. And their goal. Their goal was $1 million. <laughs> Dr. Evil would say. $1 million. They hit it the first day. They are currently, as we speak to each other, at $1,816,000. Being back, 
and and they still have 34 days to go. <laughs> well, it's going to do $3 million. Yeah. No. A bunch of people jump on at the end, just like what happens with Kickstarter. And, and, and I, I said this in a tweet. I said this in a tweet. I am offended at this at so many levels. But the one part of it that really, and, and I'm sincere when I say this. This isn't just because Craig and I have known each other for a very long time. You dicks couldn't even stay out of the crowdfunding pool. Yeah. The money there isn't infinite. It just isn't. You have the resources to take us. And, and look, I get it. Why did they do this? Because they can. Yeah, yes, yes. No, I didn't say they were breaking a law. I didn't say this was immoral. What might I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, you know, it's not illegal. I'm not saying they can't. I'm saying, really? In, in the tight economic circumstances we have, in the difficult situation we have, as we talked about with conventions and the whole deal, you got to do this too, huh? You got to suck $1.8 million of disposable income out of the game pool. That's what you got to do? That's who you are as a company? Never liked your... No. <laughs> here's... And to put, to put a point on it, here's, here's where the, the fine point is that bothers me the most. If they had decided to make this game and put it up and said, we, we, we're bringing HeroQuest back, here it is. Um, the print run hasn't gone yet. We're going to do some, we're going to do pre-orders over the course of the next, you know, three months or something. You can do pre-orders, blah, blah, blah. People would trickle, you know, a bunch of people would, would get on board right away. And then a bunch of people would trickle in over the course of those whatever months that they do pre-orders. And then they'd have their print run and they'd do that. And then they'd maybe do a second printing down the road if it proved popular and blah, blah, blah. They treat it like they did, like what they do with any game that they make. They, they, they project what they think they can sell and then they do additional printings if necessary but they called it a crowdfund. They put it into a crowdfund format, which means that everybody who regularly puts money into crowdfunding and into Kickstarters and, and so forth to, to get their game fixed, to get their new board game, card game, RPG or whatever like that, that's now in their head as like, this is part of my budget for what I can put toward a crowdfund, toward crowdfunding this month. And if I want the cool version of this, it's $150, and that is my whole budget. That's it. I'm not going to be able to reasonably back any Kickstarter for the next month. And so by, by doing it that way and putting it in that mental place in, in, in the, the backers and the purchaser's mind, they are essentially um, the, the next month of Kickstarters including, and, and I'm going to step beyond myself, including people who le legitimately make their living or a part of their living off of Kickstarter. Um, and uh, so like the next month of Kickstarters are going to underperform because this is going to bleed $3, $3 million out of the board game and, and RPG market. Um, and like Jim said, they're doing it in the way that's like, I don't care. I'm doing it because I can they Hasbro right now is Daniel Day Lewis at the end of There Will Be Blood drinking our fucking milkshake. Like they're putting their straw from way over there on Billionaire Mountain down into this little pool where we've got people that kind of, you know, buy, buy our games and kind of help make our dreams come true. And in some cases, some people's cases actually like legitimately, like they keep their lights on um, because of this kind of stuff. 
that's what ticks me off the most is that it's, it's in that mental space. If it had, it would be, it would be a different beast if it was just, we're selling a hundred dollar game and here you can, you can pre-order it over the course of the next several months. Um, and then they'll make those copies plus a bunch more. And you can even buy it after the fact, if you don't have the money right now, because Hey, people, money's tight, blah, blah, blah. hundred dollars is a lot of money. Well, to Jim's yeah. point, just because they can, doesn't mean they should. No. Well, right. But yeah. it's, is it really Hasbro's fault? And not Kickstarters for allowing it to happen? Like, shouldn't Kickstarter, Kickstarter have something in place? It it's on their own platform. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually a Hasbro Pulse is what they call it. Ah, okay. No, they didn't even give yes. Kickstarter 5% right. of, of right. their money. <laughs> they, they, they are a billion-dollar company that has the marketing and reach to let everybody know that this exists very easily because anything that they do is news so they don't need kickstarter to function in part also as marketing we should have been clear about that from the beginning because that's that's integral to this story too is that it's on their own platform so it's like yep they're not even kicking into kickstarter this means this means that people are going to go in there and they're going to pay their 100 bucks or 150 bucks for the fancy version and they're not even going to look at kickstarter for the next month right they're not even going to go to the website how, well, like you say, how can you if, if you're budgeted down that way? Yeah, if that's your if and, that's all and the money you have to spend. They have made clear they are not doing much to update the rules. <laughs> yeah, so they, it's they, a they, game anyway. They they say it. They <laughs> say it. They unapologetically, almost as way of saying, "Don't worry, the hero quest you love will always be there." Well, no, it wasn't very good. What are you talking <laughs> about? And, no, you should make it better. And what is it about? It is all. I don't often actually agree with Will. Bill Wheaton's approach to gaming, um, but he and I Will are. Wheaton? Will Wheaton? Cool whip. That's what's the other thing? <laughs> cool whip. Cool whip. Say cool, cool. Say whip, whip. Say cool whip. Cool whip. You did it. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't necessarily agree with a great deal of what he says about gaming. We're just we just approach it differently. That's all. It's perspective. <laughs> like he knows who I am, um, but. On this, he and I are in total agreement about role-playing games. It's when you get into these games that are all about tchotchkes, about, about scenery and stuff, I just, I don't like it. I don't understand the point. I know you like the look of it and all that other stuff, but to me, it's about the storytelling. It's not about that. And I'm a guy that paints miniatures, okay? So I, I, I love historical minis and all that stuff. But if you look at this Pulse Kickstarter, whatever it is, it's all about, look, we have a cupboard we have a fireplace and a throne and an, oh, a very fancy alchemist bench and rats and skulls, which can be used for decor. Really? That's what this is about? Okay, I know who you are. But again, it, those are, those are part, and look, usually that would cause me to say, all right, I'm not playing your game. Very simple, right? Walk away. But you stepped into a space I do care about. You know, a place where there's a lot of creativity, a lot of people on a fringe of, you know, being able to do it or not, you know, and I don't, I don't ever want people who have a creative outlet that, you know, there's all those Facebook memes about just do your art, do your art. Yeah. You can't eat your art. <laughs> you just can't. And some people have been able to get a few extra bucks and still do their art. And one of the great tools for that has been Kickstarter and similar platforms. And to come in there, like, as, as you say, Daniel Day-Lewis, 
and drink the milkshake of all these of all these people that nobody you know that are that are loved by a small community that that's hot garbage that is hot hot garbage in in the service of a game i didn't care for in the first place so no it was i tweeted it out and i'm going to tweet it out again at the middle and then again at the end that and i'm saying i would say this i may have to craig you may have to let me know another kickstarter or two to the the small handful of followers that i got i intend to say look don't back this this oh 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 as if as freaking if this game nice. no keep playing the music it sounded like you were building to a crescendo what are you doing you know the theater what's wrong with you sweet ringtone thank you as if oh. as if this game this one right here will not be available at target yeah what are you doing it's the immediacy of a kickstarter that you have to do it now it's, you have to get FOMO. on it now yeah, it's it just... rank fomo and it's it's <laughs> yeah. and it's you dirty dirty bastards. And, again, and so and so now I'm rethinking how I deal with all of this crap because this is going to happen again, and it's going to happen by other company with other companies too. Because well, the other companies, <laughs> in you know, everybody we we've talked about this before when we talked about the toys that made us. When we when we meet the people that made all these games of our childhood, we were not amazed that they were these hot hot ninja game designers. No, there were schlubby guys that looked like they should be selling washers and dryers. Forty-year-old Jewish ex-car salesman. Yeah, and you know maybe having a nice a nice bowl of sugar pops at Sneezy's. Um, <laughs> you know that's, that's that's who they were, and so they're going to look at this and go, "He's made fifteen million bucks well, in a month, in a month and a half, in a month and a half, and, without and- without." without really trying with like well, literally literally just repackaging an old game and putting up pretty pictures yes you just actually it. designing without doing anything yes. that the kickstarter people do where they spend a year two uh. years designing and playtesting a game they just you you shoveled you shoveled wookie poo <laughs> into a box and said <laughs> authentic star wars wookie poo and everybody went oh wookie poo the best don't go without, oh, dude, you didn't get your Wookiee poo. Um, you're not a real nerd. You're not a real nerd. I'm gatekeeping <laughs> you out of the nerd community. I, it's, but you're I right. Some poo. You are so right. They didn't redesign it. Like there's a company called Restoration Games. Uh, they have done, they're the ones that redid Fireball Island. They're the ones that are redoing Dark Tower. They're the ones, they go in and redesign the whole thing around a concept, right? It's just, they keep the concept but they fundamentally change the game. They're not going to do that here. They're like, as you say, and here's the killer. Here's the killer. Hey, hero quest suckers. <laughs> They're sitting on your money for a year. Mm-hmm. They had $2 million to invest in R and D and production. This isn't money. They didn't have. They're taking yours and using it interest free. You're giving a billion dollar company a loan. Don't you ever come and complain to me about how companies behave and or wonder why they do when you're so stupid as to give them the money. You know, it's 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 just it doesn't make economic because and again, fear of missing out on what on what do I seriously think I won't be able to go to Target and buy this? In 18 months, yeah. In 18 months. Or I'll be, shoot, what target? Why leave my house? Go on to Amazon? 
<laughs> you know, do uh, I anyway? Do, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Let's, so let's... yeah, there it is. There it is. Don't don't back it. But you know, Craig, uh, just to Doesn't I don't want to disappoint. It's, just let me know. Let me know. It's, it's done. One or two. One or two other <laughs> Kickstarters we should back. I will happily do that because I've had this conversation with a number of people who are, um, in, 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 like I said, even with a couple of people who like, this is like, they, like, they want to turn this into their full-time job or they are making like part of their living off of, off of this. And they're like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to make very good money on this Kickstarter. Yep. Those are, those I know. Are I also, I also know people that are postponing their Kickstarter till the beginning of next year. Because of it. I, I think my specific statement on the topic was, uh, not since people decided to get married on the same weekend as Lady Die. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't see that coming. But but no. you did. You you planned it for this day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like you know getting married on nine eleven. Like 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 you didn't. There was no way to know. Like if you planned, I, I'm 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 gonna poke at you a little bit, Jim. If you planned your wedding for the same day as Lady's die, Lady Dies, um, because I think we all knew about that like at least two weeks oh. out, right? Yeah, yeah. We all but, knew it was coming. They they put an announcement in the paper at like one month, right? Yeah, I think it was something like that. <laughs> anyway, <sighs> games market. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, that was that 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 you know it's and 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 again it's it's also it goes to our larger narrative that we've talked about in the past about how they're going to continue to milk our um our love of nostalgia yeah well you know all... to be fair my game trades on nostalgia <laughs> well you know, well the title suggests as much <laughs> you know i'm i'm guilty of that as well i'll yeah really but admit. yeah yeah but it's it and and it's there but like i say i i would like to think based on what i've seen of it and what i've read of it that um that you're bringing something new to the table like I said, I, I didn't object. I actually rather liked it. I did. I would, I wound up not getting a copy when restoration did fireball Island because it's just not the kind of game I like to play, but I have seen it and it's a, it's a very thoughtful re-implementation of a, it's not the same game that came out 30 years ago. It was a very different game. That's so being inspired by something is altogether different than saying, all right, Lou slap another label on it. And these suckers will buy it. All right. Well, do we want to do news news <laughs> or do we want to, what do we want to do, Mike? Do you have any uh, pressing news or should we just. I, I have a news item that I think is worth hitting okay. on. Um, it's a little, it's a couple of weeks in the past, but I don't want to let it slip by. What's that news, Craig? Back on September 17th, the 2020 Ig Nobel prizes oh, were boy. awarded. Well, the Ig Nobel, okay. The Ig Nobel. Have, uh, do, you, do you know these? Have you heard of this, Jim? I, I, We've I, talked I have about not. it on the show. I have um, it, they're like the Nobel Prizes, but the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> One might assume. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll hit on a few of these here, and I'll just kind of go down the list and pick some stuff. Uh, let's see. The Acoustics Prize. And I'm not going to try to list off all the people. I'm just going to say what, what the, yeah. the study or the whatever was about. Um, the acoustic acoustics prize went for a group who induced a female Chinese alligator to bellow in an airtight chamber filled with helium enriched air. Cause we all know what happens when you speak with a yes. full of helium. So yes. they did that with a crocodile or sorry, alligator. 
or to study what? I'm not sure, but that's what <laughs> that's, that's what the study was uh, involved. They were studying <laughs> laughter because they had a, a room full of people listening to it. <laughs> what, yeah, would it be, would it be funny if, a, <laughs> if an alligator bellowed really high pitched? I don't even know what an alligator bellow sounds like. All right. Um, the peace prize went to the governments of India and Pakistan for having their diplomats. And I kid you not, surreptitiously ring each other's doorbells in the middle of the night. <laughs> and then, what do you think? A uh, flaming bag of poop? No. <laughs> ring the doorbell and then... Run, run away? Run away! Well, that, that was the obvious answer. <laughs> ding, ding dong ditch. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, the physics prize went to uh, determining experimentally what happens to the shape of a living earthworm when one vibrates the earthworm at high frequency. So Does it I'm turn into a Newtonian an uh, guitar solid or, or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> Where they just stretch the earthworm out and pin it down at two ends and then strum it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, uh, let's see. That's oh, that one's not as interesting. I'm coming. I'm gonna come. Make me come back to management. That's the killer. That's the okay. That's the that's the hammer. We'll come back to the hammer. Uh, entomology prize went to um, a group who are, who collected evidence that many entomologists, scientists who study insects, are in fact afraid of spiders. Is it higher or lower than the uh, general public? percentage-wise uh the the thing you hear just says you can read the study if you go to the lots of website, them are afraid can, of spiders well it, lots of everybody are afraid of spiders but it says many <laughs> you would think that entomologists wouldn't there be would so be... afraid of spiders because they're very much like insects and they've chosen to study insects that, that, yeah that was kind of it's my those point, two extra I... it's those two extra legs man it's right just, well, right and this is the thing. <laughs> oh boy let's see medicine maybe Oh, yeah. Medicine Prize went for uh, diagnosing a long, unrecognized medical condition, misophonia, the distress at hearing other people making chewing sounds. <laughs> so when you're sitting at the table and somebody's <laughs> and that distresses you. I know somebody a, who suffers from that. It's got a name that. now. Misophonia. Misophonia. Um, da, 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 the materials science one. Oh, yeah. Here we go. This one's This one's for Mike. The Materials Science Prize for showing that knives manufactured from frozen human feces <laughs> do not work well. <laughs> well, at least so, they tried. Yeah. Frozen poop <laughs> knives don't keep an edge, apparently. <laughs> or maybe don't even cut all that well to begin with. <laughs> okay, um, on to the next weird thing we can freeze. <laughs> And then the management prize. I'm not going to try to pronounce all of the names. They are all Chinese people. Um, and there's a bunch of them. So it's important, but it's important. And they all play into this, but it's, I'm just going to just kind of go through this. So the management prize goes to five professional hitmen in China who managed a contract for a hit job in the following way. After accepting payment to perform the murder, Hitman number one then instead subcontracted the task to hitman number two, 
who then instead subcontracted the task to Hitman number three, who then instead subcontracted the task to Hitman number four, who then instead subcontracted the hit to, hit to uh, Hitman number five, with each subsequently enlisted Hitman receiving a smaller percentage of the fee and nobody actually performing a murder. <laughs> That is your management. <laughs> well, that's, prize. <laughs> don't don't you, you, that's got that's you got to write down that you're not allowed to sublet that. <laughs> you cannot subcontract this. You must be the one to perform the hit. <laughs> Jeez. Oh boy. Um, we'll put the sh- the the website for this in the in the show notes. I'm sure they're, they've got the whole thing going back for you know a couple decades. These are worth um, a little time in the rabbit hole. Um, as we've talked about them on the show at least a couple times, I think. They've come up with layers. Oh, yeah. That's come up before. Yeah. I don't know how far back they go. To at least 1991. Like 1991 was the first one on the page here, anyway. So, Larry, if, the, if that was on the 17th, Larry should have had that on his last episode. Well, he might have just slipped past his radar. But I got you covered, Larry. So Larry listening to this after the fact sometime <laughs> is having a good chuckle with us. I just love the management one. They just kept subcontracting yeah. it down. Yeah, yeah. Why did it stop at five? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't it go a couple more steps? Like didn't... what 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 was the what was the the percentage decrease when you got to like the, the, the person who was getting that fifth subcontract looks at this and goes, well, I could subcontract this out and keep a little bit of the money myself and just give this to the next person, to this other person, but nobody's going to perform a hit for that low of money. <laughs> right. There right. has to be, there has to be like a logic why it didn't go to the next person. There has to be like, well, that's, that's ridiculous. Like I wouldn't accept that. Did he just disappear <laughs> with the money or did he like get hit by a taxi? <laughs> I don't know. That's like with the monkey's paw, you have to sell it for less than you paid for it. <laughs> sell it for a farthing if, if i recall isn't that what happens no it's the is it the monkey's not the monkey's pot it's the bottle limp or oh, one the, the bottle other, limp that's the bottle yeah, limp, right beer. where you can make wishes but you have to sell it you have to get rid of it before you die or you'll be damned and if you don't you have to sell it for less than what you paid for it and like somebody at the end has to go like searching for a currency from some weird country that has like a really 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 tiny coin that's like smaller than a farthing or a penny or whatever they just so we're down to something like that and the monkey's paw was just getting screwed until the third wish <laughs> it was just yes. like wish number one oh that's bad wish number two oh no that's disgusting wish number three make them all go away oh sorry spoiler for the monkey's paw <laughs> ah. <laughs> how old is that story am i spoiling that What's our what's our <laughs> our statute of limitations on? Yeah, what's spoilers? the statute of limitations on on ancient common stories? Hang on here. <laughs> <sighs> oh, internet. From monkeys, uh, the monkeys. 1902. I was gonna say it's got to be at least a hundred years old. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, 1902. I think you're good. <laughs> sorry about sorry so, sorry for spoiling a uh a story a short story that you could read inside of like what maybe inside of an hour um that's been around since before world war one my apologies okay is that the rule that's been around <laughs> yeah, since like uh, if it's before world war one you're absolutely allowed to spoil it has it not been around in since hamlet everybody dies sorry they since just they before all except for fortinbras and and horatio mechanical flight 
also? Mechanical Flight. Was that 1903? Am I remembering that wrong? Kitty Hawk? Is that right? I know it's I very, know. very early 1900s. That's how well I know my history. I, I, I wouldn't bet money on it. I don't know. Sure. Three. There you go. Well done. Michael. I'm gonna ding myself. <laughs> Nobody else is gonna. <laughs> Any other news? <laughs> Gotta try dinging myself in, with the well, other hand in, once in a while. <laughs> we have any other news, or we want to just roll back to let Jim finish the episode for us. <laughs> um, we can we can do one news really quick. Uh, you have a choice. You can pick from space. Uh, bugs. Um, Space bugs? No, sadly not. Um, study finds. going to be another bug hunt. Space bugs. Okay, well, we're- study finds. Sorry, space or bugs, not space bugs. Um, study finds or candy. I know you enjoy study finds. Jim? Uh, I, I, like bo- I, like, I like both, but I'll take space. Okay, well, that, 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 then I'll, I'll acquiesce to Jim. Jim's the guest. So let's talk space. Okay. For space, you have a choice of <laughs> solar system or um, single planet. There's single planet. Okay. To Mars we go. There are, uh, not only is there um, underwater water, underground water, <laughs> underwater, underwater water. water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is. Unless there's a thin single single molecular layer of water, there is always underwater water. No, the uh, scientists have uh surmised that there is buried water on Mars. Um oh, they nice. they thought they found a lake under under the ice cap. Now they have found um three more buried lakes. So they they keep oh. finding more buried lakes. So there's now more water underground on Mars. Although there's a problem with it. Oh yes, it's too salty. There, there's no way that it could be that it can be salt water life. Uh, I think as, it's as we know it. Yes, correct. So we 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 couldn't take something from the ocean and put it in there. Uh, or unless we want to kill it. Right, Quaid, free Mars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, it's to Mars. It's I try to go to Mars. <laughs> Put the water back in. Take the salt out. <laughs> yeah, very simple. <laughs> That's what the big machine did, right? It brought the water back and then also took some of the salt out. Well, it, it, it melted it, the well, ice cap. The, the whole point was it drove the the heaty bits into the into the ice, yeah. which created steam, which generated an atmosphere. That's how that worked. Yeah, and you don't want salt in your atmosphere. You get. I'm pretty sure that doesn't last real well. <laughs> well, that that you know. So they create atmosphere and liquid water, and now um, everybody can live on Mars outside of those stupid little uh, uh, settlements that they had. Yeah, in the midst of all of the lush vegetation that will take decades to grow. Sure. If the soil, if the soil is conducive to it, period. Um, well, Matt Damon found soil that could grow <laughs> well, okay, potato sure, plants. So, yeah. Get your potatoes going. I just watched that again. That's That's a really good, like... <laughs> traditional movie movie where they just like it's just a story right like it just tells a really good story mm-hmm. okay, sure you know there's no fluff or nonsense in there it's free of nonsense yeah you got to be really careful if you do a movie that's like a large portion of it or all of it is one character like that's tough to 
to keep the story up. Like, you know, you make sure you don't have a bunch of meaningless scenes in there. Like right. everything that happens with him is pretty important to the story. Well, and they, it, you know, they bounce back and forth between him and Houston. So it's, yeah, it's but not, it, it it's would not get, cast it would away. Get rough. It would get rough <laughs> if like 50% of the Matt Damon scenes were him golfing, you know? <laughs> yeah, setting like, up. How, a... how's, the, how's this going to get you rescued, Matt? Come on. <laughs> Creating, yeah, he creates a golf course outside of the hab because he's bored. Or we, or we just sit there and watch him figure things out on paper. <laughs> well, he's moving the story forward. He's rescued. He's figuring out how to get himself rescued. Yeah, but he's just doing math in his head. It's not a good movie. <laughs> he does. He does figure things out on paper and do math in his head, but it happens very quickly. Good. <laughs> so you're not bored. Oh. Yeah. So uh, even even as far underground as the the lakes seem to be, uh, it's still not war- warm enough for them to be liquid water without having a certain salt content, which is too high for life. So mm. there you go. That that seems credible. So we either have to remove the salt or add more water, right? Am I getting my recipe mixture <laughs> kind of science figured out that, that that's right? Well, now Elon Musk has to has to send desalination plants to Mars in addition to everything <laughs> do, else. Do that first, and then we'll yeah. then we'll send people. Or on, right. uh, in the Martian, it was a it was called a water reclaimer. That was how they yeah, made well, they, water. They reclaimed they just, it. They can just give you what, give it whatever it needs. <laughs> In Star Wars, it was evaporator. Moisture evaporator. Yeah. Moisture evaporators. Give it a Which is the opposite of evaporating, right? Evaporating. I think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there should have been a Sith Lord named Invaporator. <laughs> right? Because that's how they named most of the Sith Lords. They just took a evil-sounding word and put in in front of it. Or, or took, a, took a word that began with in and took the in off. That's what it was. Well, it was all there was always like so a the word, Sith Lord you know, would just be evaporator. Plagius, that was just a play on plague. Dooku was like poop, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I always, Count I have doo-doo. always wondered why nobody sat up in that in that room at the <laughs> table read and went, "Did we just name this dude after poop?" Why no one's? T- <laughs> I'll tell you why. Everything in the Phantom Menace, just like. Pick, pick something from the Phantom Menace and tell me why somebody didn't stand up and say, hey, George, <laughs> why, why, why? Yeah, because, I mean, he was all-powerful at the time. No, okay. Yeah, he, he surrounded himself with yes-men. Okay. We know, we know why those movies are not great. Well, but, but I understand. I mean, you know, to this day, I will never understand how he ever got Jar Jar Binks off the table, but that's, that's, a, that's almost a cliche. <laughs> but Dooku has always bugged me. Yeah, because he's got to. I'm just all I'm talking about is what that sounds like. Yeah, this the SNL skit writes itself, <laughs> right? Did you not know how that sounds? Like every comedian, every comedian that went to see that movie was like, "Okay, I got to do a Count Dookie bit in my yeah, next well, stand up special." It. It's, it's, mm. Yes, <laughs> I, I I agree. I'm with you. Um, there we go. Water on my. Christopher to get there. <laughs> poor Christopher Lee is like my character is named what? Christopher, my character is named what? <laughs> and this is the last thing I'll do. <laughs> oh, oh, don't don't be horrible. <laughs> it's not quite the last thing he did. Yeah, I was. It was yeah. He still he redeemed himself with uh, 
Saruman. Oh, was that afterward? True. That's right. Yeah. 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 Of many colors. Also, he did heavy metal Christmas albums. Which were awesome. <laughs> That's true. Um, are we unleashing Jim on something else? That's right. Back away from the cage. <laughs> we're turning the the, was, the electricity what was, off. What, and what, what was the what was unlocking the non, unlocking the door? The, what was the non Hasbro item? Oh, you don't have these? Ah, oh, I didn't know you didn't have them. Okay, let me hold on. Hold on. No, I've got Mike's response where he said, "And the camera." Um, <laughs> oh, we talked about that already. Boats. Oh yes. It's a cold day for pontooning. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> that's an MST3K reference, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, reminds me, and that stuff, that kind of stuff, reminds me of uh, like there. Are, what was it? my my hovercraft is full of eels? <laughs> Back to my place, bouncy, bouncy. My nipples they explode with delight. <laughs> Lower your panties, Sir William. I cannot wait till lunch. In um, top sec- what did what did he have in his lederhosen in Top Secret? Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> my lederhosen—they're filled with yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got something in my. Or I've, I've got. Oh, Kath, go ahead. Jim, so talk yeah, about but it, it was at, at the reason. <laughs> the reason one of the reasons I picked today to come on and hang out with y'all just because well, I like to do it anyway. But uh, Wednesday was my birthday. Happy birthday! Thank you. Uh, another another orbit of the sun successfully completed without death. Oh, he had so sauerkraut in his later hosen. Sauerkraut yes! in my later ah! You beat me to it. I was looking. <laughs> there, there is sauerkraut in my later hosen. And and so <laughs> and 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 so my uh, my wife, as she does, it, it's tough. I mean, I'm I'm officially of an age, and I, I've said this for a little while now. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't understand that I understand now. I never understood the appeal of sitting on a bench. <laughs> I understand that now. I've got a little bench by the side of the Milwaukee River, not too far from City Hall, where on my lunch, I go and I sit. And I just watch the world go by and sit in absolute silence and don't think about anything. That has a remarkable appeal to me at this age. I get it now. I also did not understand the, and, and one of the other things I never understood was you go to your parents, you say, what do you want for Father's Day? What do you want for your birthday? I want a card that you make for me. I want you to behave with your brothers and sisters, handle your chores, and I want peace and quiet. <laughs> I understand that now. And I, you say to me, what do you want for your birthday? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do need new socks, undershirts, things like that. But I, I don't have that many needs. So my wife really is, she looks at me sideways and goes, you understand there are people that want to buy you things. I say, I understand that and I love them. But So she buys me booze, which I do like. But she also tries to get me nice little small things, like a, a dinner out or something like that. Well, this year she rented a pontoon boat. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> on the Milwaukee River. It's a uh, the Edelweiss cruise, the Edelweiss. They uh, they are a uh, they do these they're not luxury but they do these uh, cruises down the river where you can have cocktails and all this stuff but they also rent these little pontoon boats now I did not realize that these had become a thing all right okay and I think everybody can imagine what these are they're basically a rectangle flat a rectangular <laughs> platform on pontoons uh-huh. with a low power outboard motor yep um 
very easy to drive, I'm told. I didn't touch it. My wife did because she was going to let me have some of the aforesaid booze. Um, <laughs> leather chairs, awning Fancy. in case it rains. Yeah. And I'm like, this is nice. This isn't a boat in the strict sense. I mean, this isn't Samuel Peeps getting a 54 gun salute. I was for just going to just going to ask you what kind of guns are mounted on this thing. Yeah, there's they 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 did not pencil mount a <laughs> cannon, but uh, a lot no, the, the no three, twelve pounders, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> the not not even a five pound pintle gun. The oh, um disappointed. All uh, right, right, right. But you will not be disappointed by everything. Uh, I will share a couple things. First, you don't really appreciate a city like Milwaukee, which is a product of its harbor and its rivers until you visit the rivers because so many buildings are built actually facing the river, not the street that's notionally behind them. Mm -hmm. You know, you see these things because we drive these days and we drive down the street and we say, oh, look at that building over there. That's the front of it. Well, actually, no, it's the back. Yeah, because the front is out on the river where all those goods would come in. And so I, I really saw that. Oh, my God. What would this have looked like when these tall ships were plying the Milwaukee River in the 1820s, 30s, 40s, 50s, all through the end of the 19th century? And what would that have looked like and how much those buildings were built to face out towards the river, which was their lifeline? So that was really cool. Um, the other thing that was that, that's neat to do is you don't realize, you know, you don't realize how low bridges actually are until you have to go under them. <laughs> You know, you think these bridges are miles and miles above the waterline. They're not. There was one I had to duck. <laughs> All right, son. Time to lie down on the deck. Yeah. <laughs> these things, this is, not, this is not something to play with. You have to retract the awning? Uh, yes, you do. You absolutely do. Really? Yeah. We had to stop take... there and... Stop there and honk at the guy that's going to lift the... Because you know, yeah. all these bridges open. Hey, oh, they've, they've, I got an hey. awning. You want to... You wanna... And you motion to do the two bridge pieces. You want well, and, and and the lowest bridge is Wisconsin <laughs> Avenue, which is the main drag in downtown Milwaukee. Yeah, so I love, it's like, raise that up for my pontoon. <laughs> <laughs> Stop traffic on the busiest street in the city. Yeah, excuse me. Come, in, hey, hey, hey! I am pontooning here. I pay your taxes. Pull one of those. Oh God. <laughs> And they've got the instructions right there on the bridge because there's a separate set of signage, you know, to, to give you the rules for moving along with a pontoon boat on the river. And it says, you know, three horns to raise the bridge. I'm like, do we have a horn? But, so that <laughs> honk, was, that was, honk, honk. Yeah. <laughs> All right, son. Deep breath. <laughs> honk, yeah. Just like that. Assuming so yeah, the that, boy was along, yes? The whole family. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Okay, yes, so yes. I, I keep making the jokes like you're going to make the kid do work. There are it's photos it's, it's, on Facebook that you can go look at, Craig. Yes. Well, I'm saying this for the... For the benefit of those that maybe don't follow me on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> the, all uh, seven of you. Uh, <laughs> but no, the... Uh, so, no, it, it was a lot of fun because we were, you know, we were cruising along and, and seeing all these things from a different perspective. Yeah, you got um, to see the city in a different way. That, I, yeah, I, yeah. I would, I would enjoy that. Yeah, it was. And and the other thing is, it is not in any way, um, you know, you're not hard rigging the ship and your hands aren't getting calloused from the ropes and you're not, you know, scuttling up the yard. You, you, you might as well be driving in a minivan, you know, uh, <laughs> with, with the windows down. But yeah, <laughs> It's the leatherette seats. It's the whole deal. Was there a sweet, so, a sweet stereo? Oh, yeah. 
So, so there was no, there was no hauling on the braces. No, but, 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 but there was no one. There was no one, no one climbing the rat, uh, the, 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 the ratlins, rat, the ratlins to the top, to the top mast. <laughs> yeah, no, but, 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 well, a also no things. poop deck, which is disappointing, but I anyway. was, however, aft for much of it. I was, I was <laughs> over aft. I hung out aft in the, in a captain sort of in the, it, where, where the, 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 the poop deck would be sort of, you know, guiding the thing from the rear, rear steerage. But the poop there, deck's in the rear? Really? Number one. Holy cow, is pontooning become sort of a, a, I'm not saying it's a big thing because it's got to be expensive, but it's become a thing. There were multiple pontoon boats plying the Milwaukee. And there are apparently rules that go with them. The key rule being is when you pass another pontooner, you must wave. Crap. See, that's, now I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, I could be your designated waiver. Okay. You know, deal, son. Pontoon. Son, hand up. <laughs> well, no, and Edward is, Edward elbow, is elbow, wrist, wrist, wrist. Wait, I did the backwards. Yeah. Elbow, elbow, wrist. wrist, wrist, wrist. No, it's elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist, finger, finger. Either that or teeth, tiara, breasts. Um, the, uh, <laughs> but the, the, no, no, but Edward is great for this. He loves it. You know, it's, hey, how you doing? Hey, so, yeah, he's very enthusiastic. He'll, he'll wave like a crazy person for you. So that, that's covered. So there are rules for this, but eventually because we did but so we're as we're heading out the one thing we did discover i wanted to go out to visit the dennis sullivan which is our schooner that's built out in the harbor it's our it's a oh, yes. 19th century schooner that's just and north, of, go, north of the festival grounds south of the uh, north of the festival grounds south of the museum right just so yeah just so right there and so we went to go see it and there it was and then we went ah, let's go let's go check out the breakwater now we live, my family and I, right on this bloody lake. I drive next to it every day twice when I'm on my way back and forth to work. I have bathed in it. I have walked in it. I have sat by it. I have slept by it. I have drunk beer by it. I've spent my 54 years now in relative proximity unto it. We forget it's an effing lake. <laughs> It is part of the largest body of fresh water on the planet. And it doesn't play. Yeah. We, you know, we, we think it's such a benign thing and it's beautiful. I love it. I really do love living near it. Um, but you got out now we're on this pontoon boat and look, I do not want to exaggerate anything here, but as we got closer to that breakwater, we got these little baby swells that kicked up. I'm telling you, that is some spooky stuff. Because when the lake is done with you, it is done with you. And it don't care if you're upside down. We got out maybe 50 yards from the breakwater. We're inside the breakwater. Yeah. So, you know, the bad stuff is over there. Or whatever the bad stuff is that particular day. We were inside it. And it was enough to make us go... Oh, wow, let's turn this sucker around. <laughs> well, that's just about enough of the ocean. This <laughs> <laughs> is like a, the, the mini ocean is too much for me. I'm out of here. Yeah, it's like, and it's, you know, it wasn't seasickness or anything. It's seriously, holy cow, this boat is no longer in control of its own destiny. Well, the thank, lake thank, is, is going to have words. Thank, thank goodness we didn't lose the entire clan at sea. 
Yeah. <laughs> It's, that's, you know, I'm pretty sure I could have swam from where we were with my son on my back and my wife's a good swimmer. That's how close we were. I mean, we're, you know, that's, 100 yards. That is how the lake sharks get you. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Didn't my, you watch Jaws? That's how the lake sharks come. Because the, the legend of the lake sharks is told did in you, song. Did you name story. the pontoon? Uh, no, did we did not. We did not. I we had that conversation. Unfortunately, I did not deem it worthy of a name. I, I felt pontoon about it. Pontoon went down. <laughs> Four men went down with it. Three survived. Then the sharks came. <laughs> Is that it? Is that black it? eyes, <laughs> black eyes, like a doll's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I'm just doing the best bits of S. Jaws <laughs> of uh, Robert Shaw's uh, yeah. Indianapolis speech. So yeah, it's it's uh, so that's that's where we were at, and as we're coming back. One of the things that has happened um, along the Milwaukee River, really up and down its length from the North Avenue Bridge area, the dam area, all the way out to the harbor mouth, is condominiums have developed. <laughs> and these condominiums, and these condominiums are, uh, some of them have pontoon docks or boat docks as part of what you're buying. So that people can live there. And a lot of people from Chicago buy these and stuff like that. Oh, fibs. I know. Coming no, up and clogging no. the rivers now too, huh? Not no, just no, the we highways. Call it, we call them fish. Fish? Yeah. Oh, F- yeah. Illinois. S-heads, know. yeah. Because sure. sometimes, sometimes you see schools of them. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh... Oh, isn't, Mike, isn't it nice getting back in touch with your roots? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Learning we, the just, new lingo? That oh, hasn't yes. stopped. Um, nice. No, Jim, Jim has so, taught us fish before. I just forgot. Yeah, so we're, so we're, okay. so we're sailing along. And on the uh, on on the the uh, stereo comes the the longest Johns that I've talked to you about. One of my new favorite jams. They do sea shanties, and so for no particular reason other than this thing we can do, my son and I start cavorting on the deck and singing one of our favorite sea shanties that's on. And the next thing I know, up on one of the condos, there are these two people on their balcony and three people next to the, on the next balcony, applauding, cheering, and singing along. <laughs> Damn, the Bristol nice. Ambush Singing Society, Society. lives again. <laughs> this wow. Is this is what I'm saying. We're not ready, so why should you be? Yeah. Um, you just you just you just showed up to people like we did at the at the fair. We just showed up and sang a shanty at you. Why? Well, I don't know. You're sitting there. Seemed like you wanted to be entertained. Came to an entertainment venue. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like wow. No. And so yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we on the pontoon boat you know sailing sailing as best we might with my wife at the helm uh all the way up and singing uh what was it oh the last pirate uh which is a, a wonderful song it's a it's a great song and i don't know who wrote it but it's a great song about a guy who used to be a farmer uh on the severn river and he loses his farm can't get any jobs can't get so he becomes a, a pirate on the river severn you know, he doesn't go out to sea. He just <laughs> engages in piracy on of barges on the Severn River. It's the kind of pirate I would be. That's it. <laughs> especially if I lived, especially if I lived in one of those condos that had a pontoon dock right there, and I didn't have to travel to my boat. See, this is it. This is sort of the premise. It's like, and there's go a wonderful get on the line bus. in the song. If you want to get to Tesco, boys, which is one of the upstream parts, you gotta get through me. I'm the pirate on the Severn. Yeah. So it's, and then they it was, reach across and poke you with a paddle and knock you out of your boat and you continue. Ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's it, so no, uh, 
we we had an absolute blast. It was it was really fun. I uh, we had great weather. It's actually overcast, which I prefer. Uh, we got a little bit of spray as we were out on the lake itself, less than in the river. Oh but, oh oh, that's good. I I thought you were gonna tell us that uh, the Dave Matthews band was in town with their tour bus. No no oh ew yeah different no, spray not like that. no. But uh, no so so yes, we went pontooning. The things you cannot do, however off a pontoon boat were very interesting number one you're not allowed to fish from one of their rental pontoons now the idea i love milwaukee we've done a wonderful job of improving the (laughs) ecosystem of our lakes and our rivers they are improving although the zebra mussels have killed all life in the lake lake michigan uh and yet still and yet still (laughs) i ain't eating a fish i dragged out of lake michigan or the milwaukee river I ain't doing it. Nope. Just, just no. I, I don't, I, I had the hardest time imagining, which led to the second thing you're not allowed to do, which is swim. And that's for your safety. And uh, yeah. And I'm going, <laughs> would I swim in Lake Michigan? Yes. Not everywhere, but yes. Would I swim in the Milwaukee River? A, the undertow is evil. I know this from the police who have fished bodies out of it. Two, or B, I suppose I was on that, I was using that trope. B, it's still not something I'm swimming in for <laughs> hygienic reasons. Not doing it. So other than the fact that I couldn't fish and that I couldn't swim off the boat, it was a very splendid thing that I would commend. It was a two-hour trip back and Two-hour tour. It was a two-hour <laughs> tour. And yet we did not reef upon an exotic island that was... At, at present speeds, the odds we could have gotten to any point that was not on any charts was highly unlikely. <laughs> Always wondered about that. At the speed of that ship, the Minnow, how far did they get? They were going. Out, they weren't going out of Hawaii. They were going out of Catalina. What? How far? I thought they were out of Hawaii. Were yeah, they out of Hawaii? Yeah. They said, "Okay, fine." Somebody. They said, somebody. Somebody. Like I, I could have sworn I saw somebody say like, well, maybe it's here. Like, and they pointed to some little rock that actually exists out there and said like, that maybe is where they were. Yeah, but that's on a chart. Yeah, I understand that. But they were just going out. You don't get lost three hours out is my point. Well, I think, I think they were supposed you do, to. You do when Gilligan is the first freaking mate. No, no, no. I'm not worried about dummy. I'm talking about the rest <laughs> of the people looking for you. Yeah. It was supposed to be a three-hour tour, but they got caught in a storm. So God knows how yeah, long the they were out weather started there. getting rough. Uh-huh. The tiny ship, ship was, was tossed. tossed. If not for the if courage, not of, for the courage <laughs> of the fearless crew, crew the minnow would, would be, lost. be lost. I get it. So yes, pontooning, <laughs> I, I recommend it. I rec- Pay attention to the song, man. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jim well, didn't think he was going to get Gilligan's Island is, truthed always, on the show today. Honest to God, this has always been the case with me. I get confused at that point. For whatever reason, the theme of Gilligan's Island runs into the theme from H.R. Puffin stuff for me. The boat was owned by a spooky old witch who from that, you know, that, that one. Actually not familiar, but okay. I, I, not, I, I understand the phenomenon. The theme from H.R. Puffin stuff. No. <laughs> that, was not, uh, that was not one of the ones I watched. I am familiar with the theme from The Land of the Lost. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, see, well, HR Puff and stuff, a complete diversion that I'll just get in in 30 seconds is how <laughs> yeah, Sid, okay, Mar- sure, go Sid, ahead. Sid, Hang on, Sid, Sid, Marty Croft, Sid and Marty Croft are the greatest 
contextual terrorists in the history of television because they got published a song on television for kids that was H.R. Puffin stuff. Who's your friend when things get rough? H.R. Puffin stuff. Can't do a little because you can't do enough. Yeah. Just say it. Nobody caught that. <laughs> Such a simple time. It was, a, we, I know. Could, who, I feel, who, who, sitting at the table with the network executives, like somebody in the, somebody in the room was thinking, this can't be about marijuana, can it? <laughs> no, no, that'd be and just, that, That's in their head. And they're like, but nobody else is bringing it up. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I don't, because if, if it's not, and I'm just mistaken, then I'm going to look like the dummy. Like, oh, yeah, and you thought gonna, that was about marijuana gonna, or whatever. laugh loser. at me. How yeah, long yeah, ago was that? Up. Wouldn't they have referred to it as the reefer? Oh, no, they, it's oh, the, 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 uh, the, yeah, the, uh, the reefer or the dope or the, the Mary Jane, perhaps, in the yeah. 70s. George Carlin has that famous bit about Mary Jane. Marijuana. <laughs> it's in all the books. No one ever used it. You got any Mary Jane? What's it do, man? Get you high? You know. So, no, yeah, no, they would have. No, and Hunter Thompson in Fear and Little Thing in Las Vegas has the same thing. He's got, a, he's got a lengthy discourse about how people who didn't actually use it or were not familiar with people who used it talking about it. But no, the fact that, that, that they did that, yeah, mm -mm, always, uh, always remarkable. So no, the, uh, the two-hour cruise went very, very well. I commend the experience to you. Excellent. I have been near the river. You've been river adjacent? <laughs> I've been river, river adjacent for a uh, uh, skulls. I don't know what you call that. The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. rowing mm -hmm. competition. Yeah. And I, I, um, I noticed that it smelled. It can, it can, you can, you can get a good, good whiff, but well, we were, the, we were sitting down in the, uh, Menominee Valley though, kind of, uh, west of, uh, Potawatomi by the, uh, yeah, I, I forget what that, that is. There's, that, there's some, it's some kind of a uh, big, huge old, uh, factory brick mm -hmm. factory that they, that's been renovated and there's a bunch of offices and restaurants in there. Yes. I forget what it's called. Just so. Yeah. That's, that's the, um, that's the water Institute basically. Yeah, but yeah, that's a that's a lovely area right there. That that one, if we ever get it fully done, the Hank Aaron bike trail runs from that spot all the way to Miller Park. Okay. No, it's really the Menominee Valley is one of the great achievements that the city can point to in terms of this was once an absolute unmitigated environmental disaster, and it's a place that people might actually want to live and play. That's it's cool. How much uh, dirt did they have to truck out of there? And where did it go? All of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they, they wound up burning it, a lot of it on site. They actually had to burn it and then cart the ash for the dirt. Wow. Yeah, because that, that, that was just, it, well, that whole area was basically a super fun site. Yeah. You know, it's, and well, you, well, you think about it, it had had factories since probably the 1840s through the 1950s. And none of those places were particularly focused on environmental quality. No, if, the, if anybody even knew that what they were doing was bad, nobody cared. Well, my dad worked <laughs> at a factory for many, many years. And one of his jobs was taking out the old oil mm -hmm. that they clean, that they dropped from the, that they dropped from the, the, the various machines he worked on. And what would you he do would with take, the old oil back then, Jim? I'm sure he would take it to an environmentally sound <laughs> processing plant and make sure it did not in any way. No, 
He took it out to the backyard and dumped it in the same spot for a decade. Yeah. You know what that looks like when you actually shoot a when you shoot a core sampling? <laughs> I've seen it. It's great. It's an it creates it creates essentially a bloom. Uh, creates an environmental bloom that has to be cleaned up. Yeah, it's nasty. And we we had that except that wasn't just one spot. It was acre upon acre yeah. upon acre. And you know it took it took a generation, and it was not. You know, and it's still not done. It's it's still not entirely done because we've had to, and a lot of those sites we just capped. You know, we just sure. realized we couldn't, so we just capped the site and put a, a slab on top of it, and you know, and it won't let it spread. Yeah, there's one of those here, um, near the center of uh, Atlanta. It was Atlantic Steel, I think. Sure. And sure. Uh, they had to basically dig the whole thing out and take it away. Yep. And now it's uh, high rises and condos and shopping. That's where the IKEA is. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, but that's the sort of a use that you can get away with that with. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta. You know, it's you try to. You do try to explain to people why is it that that works, and the answer is is because you, it it doesn't require intensive penetration of the ground beneath the building. So. No, it's a challenge, but it's it's nice now. It really is. And for whatever reason, they didn't let us go up the Menominee. Um, it, it's it it was kind of interesting because there's a swing bridge uh, for the railroad that is that is needed for the Amtrak, the Hiawatha that runs there. But there's a swing bridge that will open and allow people up the Menominee. And there's a couple of really good restaurants that you can dock at and have have a nice meal at. Um, but they told us that was another one of the rules: you shall not go up the Menominee. Yeah, because there's two, I, two rivers in Milwaukee. Uh, no, it's three. Three. Mm-hmm. What's the third one? Wisconsin. And is Remember that the confluence no. of the two? Yes, we're, we're, that's, that's one of the alternative definitions of Milwaukee. You know, of course, Alice Cooper teaches us that Mil- it means the good land. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. There was also this, uh, it was the place where three rivers meet. And that was that was supposed to be one of the uh, possible definitions of possible meanings of Milwaukee. But it's but the I, Menominee I, and the Milwaukee that joined to form the Wisconsin. Oh, see, now you're doing it to me. Um, yeah, it's not actually three land, separate rivers, right? Gathering place by the water. Yeah, well, this is this is the thing. This uh, council member that I'm friends with, who he, this is his thing. He is forever mad about the fact that Three Rivers Stadium actually doesn't have three rivers. Right, because... This makes him... One of the, it's actually it's, only two. Because uh, uh, now, is it actually only, only two, or is it just two by name? I think it's actually only two, but they name... They kind of double name one of them, is my understanding. I don't have, I don't have the grasp of this that he does. I thought yeah, that this, was the same situation in Milwaukee, but maybe not. Yeah, this is, we are the, uh, I'm going get, to get this wrong. Let's see here. I'm sorry. Yeah, of course I got this wrong. Uh, it's the Milwaukee, the Menominee, and the Kinnikinnick. The Kinnikinnick. Boo. Kinnikinnick. Oh, from the south. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, I forgot about that one. I always think it's just the other two. Yeah, nope, nope. That was yeah, the Milwaukee I, comes from me. the north. Or Nominee comes the, from the, the south west. side of Milwaukee is easy to forget. 
Hey, I'm sitting right in it. There's, there's a whole nice. part. There's a whole part of the city that's south of downtown. It doesn't just become Racine. No, it goes. Well, here's, it, no, it goes. It goes downtown Milwaukee, the airport, Racine. Right. <laughs> we sometimes feel that way. Yeah, a little bit. We do. That's 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 not wrong, actually. And there's a and there's a, a lovely article in um on a blog called Three Rivers. Okay, that's cool blog called three rivers that's got a very nice picture of exactly how the three come together what is the little the little piece that goes from where the confluence of the milwaukee and the menominee meets the kinnikinick and then goes out underneath the home bridge the way i've always understood it and i'm looking at the map now is it comes down and you've got the place where the menominee joins the milwaukee it makes a little v-shape and that's where the swing bridge is that's the Milwaukee that continues further south. Okay. And it then comes up and meets the Kinnikinick at that wide juncture. And then it heads out to sea. I've always assumed that that's just the Milwaukee straight through. Yeah, well, if it if it if it uh <laughs> maintains naming dominance after absorbing the uh, Menominee, why not the Kinnikinick too? Yeah. I do believe that is the case. The that that juncture is very small. I mean, it's probably less than a mile yeah it's almost nothing but that's that's it yeah no oh, that's milwaukee river right by where they make malorganite that's right that's, <laughs> that's that's you know hey that's the thing that's one of those things that's never going to go out of style unless we stop pooping <laughs> and we're back to count dooku <laughs> <And> poop knives <laughs> yeah and poop knives see poop knives mister poop knives <laughs> Only 45 so, cents at Sneezy's. Yeah, there it is. You can, <laughs> your poop knife is 45 cents extra at Sneezy's. Sneezers. 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 <laughs> I'm still mad I can't go to Sneezers and get a big boy. You know where we can go, though? Where's that? England in the 1600s. Yeah, baby. It was my birthday, so I wanted to see what... I always like checking Sam on my birthday. Sam, the day before my birthday in 1662, Monday, 29th September, had an interesting day. And for those who don't know, I can't imagine there's any such person, but we're talking about Samuel Pepys, high government official during the reign of Charles II, works in the Navy. And he leaves us a very special diary that we love to read because we're hanging out with Sam and living a little bit in his mind. Monday, September 29th, 1662. It is Michael Mass Day, uh, a feast day, a saint's day. This day my oaths for drinking of wine and going to plays are out. And so I do resolve to take a liberty today and then to fall to them again. Oh, good. He's going to go get his drink on. (laughs) Finally, Sammy loosens up. (laughs) Sorry. I was waiting for this to happen. How many years did this take? (laughs) Good Lord, man. Up and by coach to Whitehall, in my way, taking up Mr. Moore and walked with him, taking a good while about business in St. James Park, and there left him and to Mr. Coventry's, and so with him and Sir William Penn, there he is again, up to the Duke, where, so that's, that's very serious, where the king came also and stayed till the Duke was ready, it being collar day, we had no time to talk with him about any business. Then went out together. So we parted, and in the park, Mr. Cook, by appointment, met me, to whom I did give my thoughts concerning Tom's match, 
and their journey tomorrow and did carry him by water to Tom's. And their taking up my wife, maid, dog, and him did carry them all home, where my wife is much pleased with my house, and so am I fully. I sent for some dinner, and there dined. Mrs. Margaret Penn, being by to whom I had spoke to go along with us as a play this afternoon. And then to the King's Theater, where we saw A Midsummer Night's Dream, which I had never seen before, nor shall ever see again, <laughs> for it is the most insipid, ridiculous play that ever I saw in my life. I saw, I confess, some good dancing and some handsome women, which was all my pleasure. Then set my wife down at Madame Turner's and so by coach home, and having delivered Peg Pen to her father's safe, went home where I found Mr. Dean Woolwich had sent me the model he had promised me, but it so far exceeds my expectation that I am sorry almost he should make such a present to no greater a person. But I am exceeding glad of it and shall study to do him a courtesy for it. And so to bed. Sam begins his day. It was this line that started me realizing, oh, this is the one. <laughs> this day, my oaths for drinking of wine and going to plays are out. And so I resolve to take a liberty today and then to fall to them again. So I feel like, I feel like he does that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he had a cheat day. Wakes up one morning, he's like, never again. <laughs> and then three days later, he's getting hammered and firing cannons by the orphanage. <laughs> he's like, well, no, he took some oath. Sure, for the sure. drinking of wine, however, and going to plays. Like, oh, yeah, that's immoral. No, this is the I combo shan't. of wine and plays. That's yeah, a, spe- yeah. that's a different oath than just wine. I shan't, okay. do, I shan't yeah. do those things. I shan't. It Until reads like it reads like he gave himself a, a a time limit. I'm not going to do those things for thirty days. But today, today, <laughs> and look, my thirty days are up. So. As, I, I as, should. I've not drank. I've not gotten hammered on wine at a, at a show in a month. So I'm going to reward myself. <laughs> <laughs> Those oaths are out, and so I solved to take a liberty today. Who hasn't done this? Yeah. Yep. With whatever promise you make, whether it's oh, I'm not going to eat so much bad food. I'm going to work out. I'm not going to do whatever you think is bad for you. Right. You give yourself a goal, you give yourself a limit, and then you give yourself a cheat day. And then, and then he's so honest, he says, and then to fall to them again. So I'm just going to do it today. Sure. But starting tomorrow. Yep. Just this once. Just this once. Like, Sam, <laughs> you, you are such a dude. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, for real now, you are. <sighs> okay. So now this is. And then you, you, it's mentioned that he goes up, uh, he goes, and he, he actually gets to hang out with important people on his day of boozing and rioting. He and Sir William Penn, we have met him before, we have met him heard of. Uh, he is, the, again, the father of the guy who founds Pennsylvania. He goes up with William Penn to go see James Stewart, the Duke of York, who eventually... Um, you know, he actually comes and becomes the king of England. Okay. 
So they're going to go up and see them, and then they're going to go see his brother, the king, Charles Stuart. All right. And then so they're hanging around, but it's Collar Day. Now, Collar Day, that's a special day for the various prestigious orders of knighthood. They all wore special collars. So this would have been a very ceremonial event, high, you know, robes, ermines, craziness, you know, so he went there. So they went to go see this. Okay, so it, it wasn't it wasn't collar day at the theater where you got a collar if you showed up like bat day at right (laughs) (laughs) today i saw hamlet and Uh, i got a collar because it was collar day at the globe (laughs) you know and so we did all those things right but then he carries all these people around but then he then goes and it's interesting he sent for some dinner and there dined uh this is mrs margaret penn and this is someone that he has known this is the daughter um of william penn so this is this is his buddy william penn's daughter so he's he's going to act right is my point being by to whom i'd spoken to go along he so he says margaret do you want to go to this play with us and then they go to the king's theater now this is a very big theater this is one of the this is one of the a pluses uh it's was formerly known as gibbons tennis court uh but it's right near lincoln's inn which is the courts of law and it was the first home for the King's Company. It was a theater between 1660 and 65, I think. But anyway, what does he go and see? <laughs> a Midsummer Night's Dream. My goodness. One of the classic pieces of William Shakespeare's work. Beloved for all time. Which I had never seen before, nor shall ever <laughs> see again. Zero stars would not do. <laughs> Thumbs down. <laughs> For it is the most insipid, ridiculous play that I ever saw in my life. <laughs> Dag, yo. So, so Sammy's not down with the Sprites and Pixies. Apparently not. Yeah, he wants nothing to do with that. It better. What, what is this nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> but what did he see? Some good dancing. Which involved the women jumping up and down. And some handsome women. Yeah. Now, is this long enough after Shakespeare that the women are actually played by women? Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, that's actually all part of the restoration. Got it. The restoration of Charles II brings back a a really open time, a really remarkable time in theater because some, you know, and I, I, this really isn't my area of expertise, strangely enough, although I took PhD credits in it. Um. It's but the restoration follows the period, the rule of Oliver Cromwell and the protectorate, where the theaters were closed as immoral. And so for five years, London gets goes basically on lockdown. And so when Charles comes back in the 1660s, it's Katie bar the door. (laughs) You know, uh, but so, yeah. And Sam is famous. There's there. We will encounter, should we find them, other examples. He is not a Shakespeare guy. Nope. You know, but the crazy part is this is Shakespeare relatively recently dead. Yeah, like you know, this not, isn't not this quite isn't 50 years. years gone. Yeah, not even 50. Right. So, you know, Bill has not been gone that long. And this is, as, as Craig said, zero stars would not recommend. <laughs> if know, I could give so... it negative stars, I would, but the site won't let me. Right. <laughs> The um, 
And then, yeah, we see, and then finally, he takes his wife down to Madam Turner's, which is a, a, a someone he knows by coach. I delivered Peg Pen to her father's safe. I, I just wonder. I don't know this. But is this Sam telling himself, didn't touch her? Didn't touch her. I was cool. Absolutely, that's what he's saying. You know, because he's, he's like, delivered her safe, where I find Mr. Dean. Now, he is a shipbuilder. And um, he and Heaps were eventually m- members of parliament, but he's a shipbuilder who has sent me the model. He promised me, again, a model ship for Sam. <laughs> but it far exceeds my expectations. I'm sorry he should make. And this is how people think. And you talk about why this diary opens so much. I am sorry almost he should make such a present to no greater a person. But I mean, he's saying, to, and remember, he's not writing this for anybody to read it. He's relating the fact that he feels he's, he should have given this to somebody better than me. This would have really curried him some favor. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I'm glad he gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he says, and he says, and shall study to do him a courtesy for it. I owe this guy now. I have to, it's not a kindness, it's a courtesy. And a courtesy in this context has a sense of exchange. So, um, so yeah, so Sam decided he was going to, you know, and he doesn't go, he doesn't go all out, but he does have some booze. He has some food and he goes, see, sees a play, which he hates. (laughs) So, yeah, I, uh, I just, I just loved the image and what really drew me in and what kept me in was this day, my oaths for drinking of wine and going to plays are out. So I do (laughs) resolve to take a liberty today and then fall to them again. You were admitted, Jim, when you read that part, you were like, okay, here's the orgy. Like, this is like, this is going to yeah. be oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this is going to be like way out there. And it ends up being, I didn't like the play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely. I'm like, oh God, what did you do, Sam? <laughs> you know, he's, he's, unlo- he's, <laughs> he didn't even get to do maid stuff with a peg pen. Yeah, I know. It's well, that's is that what it's called now? It's made stuff <laughs> with, with Sam. With it, Sam is. it is. <laughs> uh, the um, and then and then can I can I can I jump just very quickly to my birthday because I did mark this and it's just a paragraph. It's a paragraph. Go for it. He talks in the previous two paragraph entries, okay, about how he's just doing work with William Penn and all this other stuff and all this other business. Strange to see how easily my mind revert to its former practice of loving plays and wine, having given myself a liberty to them. But these two dead. But this night I have again bound myself to Christmas next, in which I desire God to bless me and preserve me. For under God, I find it to be the best course that ever I could take to bring myself to mind my business. We're going to hold him to that. Okay. And this is, this is kind of my point. Uh, I, I am now going His to His diary make... entry from the next day. <laughs> yeah. yeah my... <laughs> now, October 1st. The, um, no, I, I am going to make it a point to see how long he makes it without plays or wine. Yep. <laughs> Not because I'm judging him. I would never because I'm too deeply sympathetic. And I do mean sympathetic. I know what this feels like. You know? It's it's and I love the fact that he finds it strange. Jeez, I just gave myself two days off 
And my God, I want to go to plays and drink booze. I'm like, damn, that's not strange. No. Homie, homie, that is in no way strange. It's so, it's so relatable. And you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to tell us when he does break his oath. Oh, that's and, and, that, and why do we and what what an incredible reason for us to love him. What better is that? You're absolutely right. He'll, he'll, he's going to lay it out there. The minute he breaks this oath, it's going to be something where he starts off with, "Oh, I am sad at myself for I have broken my oath." I did not make it until next Christmas. I did not, in fact, make it to next Christmas. I did not make it a fortnight. Got to pepper in some old timey speech in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I am loath to confess I did not make it unto a fortnight. Yeah. There he is. Our guy's name. Awesome. You guys got time for Kevin question? I'm good. Sure. Here we go. 164 question. I have to read this in a certain way. Hang on. I recently found myself waiting for someone near a coffee shop. Watching people come and go during the morning rush, I realized it was way more women than men. After some exhaustive research, the ratio lands about 8 to 1 women to men, using multiple coffee shops studied. This isn't just morning rush, this is quiet Saturday afternoon coffee. Work morning rush coffee, getting off the train evening rush coffee, neighborhood coffee shops, business district coffee shops, commercial district coffee shops. Why do women use coffee shops 8 to 1 over men? Men drink coffee, what's the deal? Thanks, Kevin, P.S., I may have too much time on my hands, but I anecdotally noticed men are dressed much nicer. A lot more suits and business dress, and a lot less athleisure wear across the board. This may be my next research project. I, uh, I first have to say I never drink coffee. Ever. Really? Never. Did we know that Tried about to. you? I don't know. Do you drink tea? It's, uh, Diet Coke and only Diet Coke. Ever. Diet Coke. Okay. Uh, I, I tried. I tried. I was a, a regular sugared soda guy, and then I switched over. In my, well, I was Black Bear Soda. You guys Wisconsin enough to remember Black Bear? Yep. Sounds familiar. It was made in my hometown, St. Francis, Wisconsin. And uh, it was bottled right there, and you could get a, you got a, a wooden crate in which were placed 30, or 24, 24 bottles. I'm guessing there were 10 ounces. And you could go in and you always had to bring your bottles back for the deposit. And you could go in there and you would take the bottles and you could select because they had about 14 different flavors. And so it was a constant negotiation with your family about, okay, I want two orange and two grape and two. Oh, I hate cream soda. Oh, okay, fine. No cream <laughs> soda. You know, you had to fight that way. And then your, your family would ration your soda over the course of the So yeah, so I started there, went to Pepsi Light. And then in 1982, I remember it like it was yesterday, they installed Diet Coke and everybody was telling me it tasted like carrot juice. Never understood that, but that's what I was told. And I started drinking it and I've never changed. My wife is a fierce coffee drinker. Uh, my sister-in-law and her wonderful husband, they own a coffee shop in Plainville, Plainfield, Illinois. You should all go. Um, Ten drops. And uh, it's, so I'm surrounded by coffee and I can't stand this stuff. Can't stand it. Uh, when we were in Leipzig, Germany, a couple of years ago, we went to the oldest, alleged to be, I don't know, the uh, oldest coffee shop in Europe dates to the 17th century. Not right about the same time as Samuel Pepys, now that I think about it. And I tried some there and I still don't like the stuff. Um, so I, with that, by the way of sort of disqualifying myself, I will say the following. Guys, in my experience, 
tend to follow along the line, and we've talked about this, of my father who worked in a factory and had that uh, thermos that looked like a 150 millimeter <laughs> artillery shell. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and fit, it was had a had and the cap was the screwed off cup. It was like a, a metal cup, uh-huh. and you poured it into the cup, and you screwed on the rubber gasket onto the or the the stopper into the into the thing, and it all fit together. And you sit there like a hobo drinking it out of your metal cup. And my dad had two or three of those. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. My dad went through probably you know, over the course of my life. I remember him having the one that was the Scotch guarded one. It looked like it had the tartan on it. And then, but for most of my life, it was this gunmetal blue gray thing i remember it and i think we've just evolved that as men into those um car cups but the really honking huge ones like the 30 ounce uh, yeti yeah those things yeah and they all got the tapered things so they fit in your car yep in your car holder cup holder well yeah that 30 I ounce think... yeti it like it's this big at the top and then it goes down at the bottom yeah so that exactly. it can fit in your car in your cup my order. observation and it's just that is that guys tend to be into that and so that tells me what they're doing is they're pouring it at home like my old man did yep and then they're putting them in their car and they're going whereas ladies and again it's you know it's not this this far from scientific but i do tend to see ladies more hitting the starbucks as part of their daily ritual and getting whatever it is they like and bringing it in in the observably starbucks cup well plus you so know if- I, I, that that is my hypothesis. I, I think men are, you know, <laughs> they're simpler. You know, brew it at home, pour it in the big giant thing, take it with you. And if you're yeah. gonna, if no, you're no, gonna, I think that's implicit. In what if, I'm saying, if you're Absolutely. gonna put anything in it, right? You, you probably don't oh. care what it is. You're just gonna put real sugar, real half and half. Whereas women, you know, they, at least the ones I know, they want to get the diet soy, light, whatever. We'll see now. We you know, discussed the seventeen, the seventeen syllable coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got it, and they've got it memorized. You know, the it, it's like eight or nine different things that they have to say, and then it, it vente starts latte with vent, with vente. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you know, try to do that at home. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> well, they try. Well, they try to. They try to initially, especially when they're their significant others, their loved ones, buy them something for them to facilitate that. The thing well, that maybe, makes the foam it, and all. Yeah. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be better if you had this cool machine that did all this? And it never does it the right way. It's never the same. I'm told. No, <laughs> my, my wife actually has on her list of things that are communism, something we were discussing before the show, uh, anything put in their coffee. She is a black coffee drinker front to back. Yeah. My, my so wife is, is a black coffee drinker at home, but she, she has her you know, laundry list of eight or nine things. When she goes through Starbucks. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I guess that's my hypothesis. Because, no, my, as I've, I think I've told you guys, little Jimmy's job when he was growing up was making sure dad's coffee was ready in the morning. And I had to, I had to fire up the percolator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I knew, that, I knew that system, you know, the thing where you have to pour in a certain amount of water, pour in a certain amount of coffee into the filter thing, stick it down in the bottom, put the percolator on, plug it in and fire it up. And that sucker better be hot and ready by the time dad had to pour it into the thermos and head out the door. That was, that was my task, and I was proud to do it. So yes, I hypothesize, and I agree with you, Mike, that uh, this is just guys being just a little bit more straightforward and simple on that stuff. Just give it, pour it in. I love the fact, too, that even though we've moved away from the giant thermos, 
we're still basically carrying more elegant giant thermoses. Sure. They're the same thing. They just have a hole in the top instead pretty. of a cup. Yeah, they're 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 more <laughs> aesthetic, I guess. I, although I, I, for whatever that word is worth, they always seem less manly to me. I'm sorry. The fact that my father could have used his thermos to bludgeon an intruder to death, <laughs> and then and then sip coffee as he waited for the police to arrive, or household fire items at that, the enemy. household items that can double as uh, serious bludgeoning weapons. Um, yeah, that's something we've lost <laughs> with the uh, disposability of our consumerism. Oh, and that's absolutely right, because that's another, that's a great point, Craig. That sucker would last decades. Yeah. I you still know, think you, about my, I still think about my grandmother's uh, vacuum cleaner, which was like one of those big old cast iron monsters. <laughs> it's probably still working somewhere, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that didn't, you know, like we, the, the, the only Kirby. vacuum cleaner, she, the only vacuum cleaner she ever owned. Right. No, Probably. and those and, and so folks old. in that and those folks in that generation, after they had their big boy plate at Sneezy's, they wanted to come home to. <laughs> they wanted to. They wanted to have something that lasted. Well, they they want they they didn't want to buy they no dad that I knew wanted to buy two freaking thermoses. In what kind life. of shoddy worksmanship is this <laughs> that I gotta buy a second one of these when I'm sixty? Yeah. <laughs> Dad, you took that one to the army. I don't care. It was fine then. What's wrong with it now? <laughs> you know, it lasted. It's, it survived. This thermos survived the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Point of pride. Have you know this survived the bulge? This. Yeah. No, I, this I, Germans I, saw more war than you. That's it. <laughs> and you ever will, boy. Yeah. No, and, and that's true. My gosh, that what a great list that would be. All the things that our parents and grandparents expected to last forever. Certainly vacuum cleaners. Oh, washer dryers. Yeah. Washer dryers. That sucker. Yeah, lasts. like those. Bar barring some significant advancement in the technology. Like, yeah, a, but you know, like some, a thing, you bought a thing and you just expected that you would have this forever, like unless you right. lost it. You know, and that's why we had the Maytag repairman, or my dad, frankly, always fixed yeah. our washer dryer. <laughs> Maytag repairman. You're going to have somebody come over to your house and fix something? Right, please <laughs> toss it to the curb. Somebody else will take it. They'll fix it or yes, and then go out to the store and get another one. Go buy a new. One. You get it delivered to your house tomorrow. Here's here's one emergency TV service. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, fix your t fix a TV. What VCR, VCR head cleaning? Yeah, <laughs> but that's not you know that's not even our parents' generation. But no, I mean, yeah, yeah washer dryers, thermoses, vacuum cleaners is a good one. Ovens. T TV Ovens and appliance and repair. That gets me. Yeah. Seeing a TV and appliance repair store nowadays. I'm like, really? Yes. <laughs> I saw one, the, the neighbor across the street, you know, cause I, I, my uh, work from home corner that I have perfectly set up and cleaned. It's just a corner that once you go beyond the limits of the camera, it's chaos. <laughs> I stop. I don't sure. dust over there. I dust where the camera can see. But um, I'm in the front of the house, and I I can look out the window, and I see everything that happens on on our street, and which isn't much. But um, people across the street, they've been having work done on their house, and <laughs> the van pulled into the driveway, and I was I did a double take because it said appliance repair on the side. I what? Thought, Wait a minute. Fixed. Who does that? Those people exist. I better write that number down. What is that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I might, I might need something fixed. Don't know what. No, Heck, if I, I can, a, uh, if I can, we actually bought a, we we did buy a new dryer. We bought a new dryer, 
And I was not prepared for the way. Now, my dad would have, oh, my dad would have been so mad at this. He must never see my dryer. He would be upset, be angry. Um, my dryer plays music when it's done. It does it this. It doesn't go. Right, right. Like, like my dryer song, isn't good enough for you. <laughs> but the other thing is, it's got a sanitization tray. Oh boy! Apparently, it runs the. Heat what kind of hippie enough. bullshit is this? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and and what I and my wife has taken. She makes masks for me for the the COVID stuff, and she puts her mat my masks in the sanitization tray every week. So that I have fresh masks to wear. My father, that's a what? It does what? Is that different from washing it? <laughs> and in what way is it different from washing it? Useless son? You know, um. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, what was the sanitization tray used for before March? Uh, towels, I think. Oh, okay. I think the biggest thing was for towels. Have you seen this thing about stripping towels? No. Uh, you can go on Facebook. Well, they got to get through college somehow. <laughs> right, right. Well, that one's in law school. It's a, it's I a. I am out. Mike, drop. I am out. <laughs> <laughs> they have to. No, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. I've not tried it yet, but apparently it alleges. Well, no, it does allege. It alleges that our towels are filthy even after we wash them. Hmm. And you have to put them in a tub and use certain, it's actually, it's not abrasive chemicals, but certain like vinegar and things like that. And apparently the water comes out really foul. Ew. Showing you how gross your towels are. I'm just going to throw my towels away and buy new ones. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's, (laughs) exactly, that's what I told my wife. That's exactly what I told my wife. I said, before I'm doing that, how much is a towel? Yeah. How much is a freaking towel? If I buy one towel, Every four years with washes on a cycle, how much are we talking about here? Rather than putting some foul fluid into the bottom of our bathtub. <laughs> but yeah, so no, I'm so that that to answer the Kevin question, I believe it's just kind of the way dudes approach things. Do some women do that? Of course they do. Do some men like their froofy coffee at the Starbucks? Well, sure they do. But I think as an aggregation of men and women, that's what I think. I have no answer, Kevin. You've stumped me. I don't. I. I don't know the. I don't know the answer to that question. I think Kevin proved his own point. Clearly, he had too much coffee before he wrote that email. That's entirely possible. All right. Well, I. I think we're definitely under three hours, but we may have breached two with this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you tell it's yourself about, that. It's about about two. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? His ride. Some people do that. Cops, they they call the ambulance. To... Oh, that's that's. A, <laughs> I've, had that's to, a... I've had to mute my end so many times today. It's just really that's noisy. A, that's actually a huge problem in some parts of the city. Yeah. There, there we go again. Again. It's not a uh, taxi. They, they found the bodies, Craig. <laughs> they found the bodies. All right. Well, Mike, you, if things go poorly with the with the police here, oh, okay. um, you know, we just talked about the funeral, you know, just like at a bar, everybody have drinks and food and tell stories about me. I don't want anybody looking at my dead corpse or dealing with my ashes. They'll just, you know, the government can get rid of it. I don't care. <laughs> so you don't care what happens to your... No, I've said that. Your leftovers. Okay. When I'm dead, I'm dead. I'm gone. My body's... Okay. A, it's 
the meat so sack. So if we want to, if we want to have you stuffed and displayed, you're fine with that. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep me in the corner like Rowdy on Scrubs. <laughs> Put a big grin on my face, eyes open, the whole deal. Yeah, absolutely. So creepy. <laughs> ah, it's Craig. Jesus. Ah. <laughs> oh man. Posable. Sure. <laughs> Put bendy stuff in me. Johnny Long Torso, the man who comes in pieces. Yeah, make me posable. <laughs> Kung Fu grip. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Prop me up outside the shower when somebody's in there. <laughs> I, re- I repeat. Ah, damn it. I'll hug Does you. That put, me in hug- cra- put me in hugging pose. Need a hug? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I'm dead. Craig would, Craig would like that. Are you kidding? <laughs> Being able to scare people for all eternity? Scare people and give people hugs? Yeah, perfect. I, yeah, that's a memorable way to go. Well, <laughs> Craig's gone, but we can all hug him anytime. Prove well, that Monday morning. Call call the attorney. Get it in the will. We'll make it happen. I got to put the bendy part in there. The yeah. <laughs> Seventeen <laughs> points of articulation. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, you do. Okay, I'll get on that. Jim, thank you for yes, joining thank us you. today. Uh, good to see you hey Uh you've seen oh mike craig where can they find us they can find us at nerdburgershow.com at nerdburgershow on the twitters and the facebook email us nerdburgershow at gmail.com and and you can go back good strong hands on kickstarter On the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike and Craig take the podcast out on a pontoon boat on the river for a two-hour show. A (laughs) two-hour show. Funny how that worked out. Weather started getting light. (laughs) Yeah. Take the podcast out on the ICs. One time. Yeah, that would be fun one time. No fishing. <laughs> no fishing or swimming. No, no having fun. Was it uh we could go hunting, fishing, or camping? I forget what the third thing was. And and Leslie Nope says, I want to shoot a gun. And Ron Swanson says, Fishing it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it, it amazes me that he's had to explain that character to as many people as he has. Yeah. I, I, I honestly would have thought, I mean, I guess I really should stop being disappointed in human nature. <laughs> you think you would have learned by now. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> you would think by now I would have figured out that we're just not that smart as a species. But, but no, I, I am... Oh shoot! That's the thing I wanted to. That's the thing I wanted to throw on the pile. Oh well, yeah, another thing that maybe we'll get to some other time. You guys familiar with this game, Fall Guys? Fall Guys? No. Well, it's based on a Japanese game show, and it is the premise of it is it's sort of like uh, uh, Fortnite and PUBG and these others. It's a battle royale. Okay. Sixty players come in. Sixty men enter. One man leaves. That sort of deal. 
And so it's a big bunch of people and you're all these little beans, you're these little guys. And you run along and there's a series of things. And one of the games is called Seesaw, okay? And there's these seesaws, like it says, and you've got to cross them this way. You've got to cross them perpendicular to their axis. And there's just a series of them, maybe a dozen. And you got to cross from seesaw to seesaw to seesaw to seesaw. All 60 of you lunatics. (laughs) And you're all running along. If you all shot straight down the center of the seesaws. Where you would want to cross them, yeah, because that would be Everybody would be fine. (laughs) And we'd all make it to the end of the obstacle course. But? But but a sufficient percentage of humanity is unfit for (laughs) self-government. And says, this side of the seesaw is closer to the goal, and I can win. I can be the winner. So they all veer, which causes the seesaw to do this. And nobody has the presence of mind to go, hey, let's go this way, because, oh, that's farther away. So we're going to stay here. Oh, look, we all die. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, what are you? So this this convinced me we are unfit for self-government. We as a species are not prepared, but no, it did amaze me that he is, he has repeatedly said actually that um, he gets calls from people who want him to do political rallies and things. And, and, and much like Carol O'Connor, two generations before uh, that's a character. Yeah. <laughs> that I, I am not in any way that guy. And in fact, I'm kind of an old dirty hippie liberal. Yeah, the wood, the woodworking and the outdoor stuff, maybe. The woodworking. Oh, definitely. that's com- no, that's completely sincere. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's him. That, that's sincere. <laughs> but and 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 he says he likes and he like and he likes bourbon. Right. You know, he says I like bourbon. Uh, I like, but no, my my politics are pretty far to the left. So, Ron Swanson, our original guy. <laughs> no, he's a dude. Kidding. That was the episode where he uh, gets his his uh, eyebrows burned off by the lighting the 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 memorial torch for Lil Sebastian, <laughs> and then and then he he has to bug out because his first wife shows up the the IRS agent Tammy one, and uh, okay. Leslie goes goes to uh to his to find him at his cabin where he's hiding out, and it's literally the next day, and he's grown this enormous beard. That's One like later. that's like six months worth of beard growth, <laughs> and his eyebrows are back to normal. And yeah, well, that's why his and they hair never mention it so quickly <laughs> because he he takes it in the hair, in the facial and head hair, mm-hmm. multiple times during the, sure. run of the show. He burns his mustache off a yep. couple times. <laughs> he gets like a big. He gets buckshot in the back of the head. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big patch of hair when he's hunting. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, he burns his eyebrows off at Little Sebastian <laughs> Memorial. Is that right? That's about about four times, I think. Yeah. He shaves his he shaves his mustache off willingly. Or no, he rubbed it off through friction. Oh, with Tammy too. <laughs> with, yeah. With Tammy too. <laughs> he got back together with her. You shaved your mustache? I I rubbed it off through friction. That was oh. when he had he had like his his hair in braids with beads. Yeah. <laughs> They went on a sex bender. <laughs> <laughs> he rubbed his mustache off. <laughs> so great. That is so great. <sighs> All right. 
Well, all right. I am out and away, but it is a uh, pleasure to have seen all of you. You too. And to be seen. Yay. We'll talk to you soon. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, please. All right. Safe See sailing. Easy. Bye. Bye.